Football's bad. Madden is football. They go together. Mashed potatoes and gravy right there, you know. He could do no other sport. He couldn't do baseball or golf or NASCAR. None of that. Could. I mean, what's John Madden, the master of the obvious, going to do in a NASCAR race? Make a left turn right here. You 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 make a left turn right here. And if you keep making left turns, you probably have a chance to win. Episode 135. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Soon to be a major motion picture. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Frank, and Bill. Hey everybody, this is Brad. Welcome to episode 135 of Half Hour Wasted. Uh, this week you're going to hear some uh, stuff we recorded while we went to the Dallas Comic Con. Um, it's all we got nowadays, and uh, we were actually kind of surprised at the turnout. Uh, we had a good time. We hung out with some listeners, and we uh, you're going to hear some interviews with some listeners, some interviews with creators. I think Frank went around on the floor and recorded a few things I'm going to throw in here. I haven't heard them myself, so this will be fun. Uh, this uh, episode is sponsored by Instock Trades. You can get up 37% off of your orders on trades and hardcovers. And if you order $50 or more, you get free shipping on your order. And I got some good stuff uh, currently. They got the complete Hush uh, Batman story uh, trade paperback. Sticker price $25. You can get it for $15.74. Uh, they've got Spider Man and the Human Torch trade paperback. It's a collection of the Dan Slott miniseries that came out a couple years ago. $20 sticker price. You can get it for $12.59. And their number one seller this week is Northlanders Volume 2 by Brian Wood. Uh, the Cross and the Hammer trade paperback. $15 cover price. You can get it for $9.44. InStockTrades.com. And uh, thank you for sponsoring us, as always. All right, guys. Have fun listening to this. I want to apologize for some of the audio during uh, parts of this. I think the mic gain was up a little high on our uh, H2 recorder. But uh, there's some good stuff in there, and uh, I mean, it's not horrible. You can make it through there. Um, there's some good interviews with Paul Smith and Kerry Gamble that are definitely worth listening to. Um, I hope you enjoy this. Um, thanks for everybody who listens. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. This is a, kind of an odd episode, because it's a con episode. It's not the three of us sitting in the studio together. But uh, stick around. Hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, if uh, we met you at the con, um, and you're listening now, it's nice meeting you. Thanks for tuning in. And we hope you stick around and uh, enjoy what's coming up. Hey guys, this is Frank, Frank Brincon from A Half Hour Wasted. And I'm walking over to the uh, Richardson Civic Center for the Dallas Comic Con. Can't wait to see what goodies they have in there, what they're going to buy, what there is to buy. Maybe meet some new people, maybe see some old friends, maybe, uh, maybe get into a little fisticuff. Someone wrote me the wrong way. Because I'm aching for a fight. I just feel like a, like bashing someone that I don't know. Because, uh, you know, a 
dog is into frustrations. Plus, maybe I can use a fake accent all day. I don't know. Maybe I'll go Southern Gentleman. Maybe I'll go Cockney. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, here I go. About to pay pay my fees to get into the Dallas Comic Con. Con, con, con. All right. Saturday, April 15, 11.05 a.m. Just picked up Ashley, and we're headed to the Dallas Comic Con. Gonna go meet some uh, some old friends and some old listeners, and uh, unfortunately, it's a small show, but you know, it's all we got, so we'll take it. Ashley's running on, uh, what, three hours of sleep? Yep. She had the drill team function. Where they took the new people and tortured them. Daddy, we did not. Yeah, you told me all about what you did. Oh my gosh, we did not. And if anybody hears this and believes you, we're going to get in trouble. We did not haze anybody. Back in my day, that was hazing. We did not haze anybody. Since when is a taser not hazing? We did not tase them. We played team bonding games. And Don't tase me, bro. You tase Too bad them. there's no bros in drill team. Bros before hoes. Oh my gosh. So yes, we are headed uh, to the con right now and we'll check in with you after a while. Bye. This is Frank from A Half Hour Wasted. Hey, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not talking to myself. This is Frank from A Half Hour Wasted. Hi, how are you? You're passing stuff out? Hey. You're on the phone or not? No, I'm actually recording. I do a podcast. My name's Frank. I'm called A Half Hour Wasted. Kelly, why don't you tell me about The Variants? The Variants is a it's a web series based on working in a comic book store. Uh, okay, it takes cool. place in Zeus Comics. I know Zeus, yes. Awesome, awesome. Well, then you know Richard. Yes. He's the owner and he's in it and Barry. Uh, and I'm Kelly and I work there on Wednesdays. And this is Joe and he's an actor who's also in it. And it's a, it's a comedy. It's great. It's okay, kind of the, cool. the crazy stuff that goes on. And it's a web series, huh? It's a web series. Wonderful. And you got the Variance t-shirt? Variance.com and there are shirts. <laughs> okay, great. Congratulations. So why, why Richard, why did you decide to do a, a web series? Because I'd watched a lot of really, really crappy reality TV <laughs> and thought if they can do it, we can be just as vapid and awful as they are. Okay, great. I've been to your store actually several times. Yeah, yes. My name my name is Frank. I'm with yes, the Half Hour Wasted. And uh, you've been having these great 50% off sales. I'm very thankful for that. So <laughs> that's actually been very good. Anyway, this is exciting that there's actually a line to get in. I haven't seen a line like this in a while, so I'm pretty I excited. Know, I know. It's, it's, it's awesome in there, too. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks for this and good luck with it, guys. Bye. Okay, so I'm here at Dallas Comic Con. I'm in front of two young ladies, and you're obviously dressed up. Now, I'm going to say X-Men-ish. Am I right? Okay, great. So let's start with you. You're in yellow and black. Who are you supposed to be? I'm Shadowcat, also known as Kitty Pride, or, you know. Oh, you're Kitty Pride. Yeah. Okay, very cool. You did a very good job. Now, and you're in blue. Blue with kind of a star. Uh, Captain Marvel? No. Who are you? I'm Dazzler from the X-Men series. No way. The Skater Dazzler? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm all, I did a different version. I couldn't do the disco balls this time, so. <laughs> That's the one I'm actually familiar with. So. I, I plan on doing that one in the future. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, what inspired you girls to do this? I love X Men. I've always wanted to do, you know, costumes from comic books. And after reading Astonishing X Men, I just like gotta do Shadow Cat. <laughs> so I 
Yeah. And how about you? I just have a background in costumes, and I just want to dabble in the superhero genre. Okay. And you, I take it you two guys are friends? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so you guys, do you both read X-Men, or is it just you? I read X-Men. She reads it more than I do. Yeah. I'm more into Spider-Man. Okay. So, yeah. yeah this is one thing I've kind of noticed. A lot of people like X-Men, but a lot of females really do like X-Men. I don't know why they're drawn to that. Out of any other superhero, it's always X-Men. It's like, Hi, how are you, Supergirl? <laughs> Supergirl just joined us. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm recording them for an interview. Do you guys, do all three of you know each other? Yes. Okay, great. So, oh, you're all roommates? Yes. Oh, okay, great. Well, let me, all right, so since Supergirl just came in. Supergirl, how are you? Tell me about your costume. Um, well, I made it. It okay. took me about, oh, a few hours. Um, <laughs> And I think you're wearing a wig. You may be wearing a wig. I'm not. I am indeed wearing a wig. I have brown hair, not blonde. <laughs> okay, so the girls were telling me about. Uh, well, we were just talking about the comic books that they're into, and you were saying you were really into X Men, yeah. and how there's a lot of females who are really kind of into X Men as opposed to other other ones. So, uh, so these guys are laughing. Is there something I'm missing? Just ignore that. They're okay. Just, yeah, they're not lackeys. Oh, they're lackeys. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So why uh, how, why did you get into X Men? I, I really don't know. I just kind of, it's just, I, I like superheroes and mutant powers. It's just okay. interesting. I, think, I have no, I don't know. I, don't I know. think X-Men plays to the female genre a lot more than a lot of other comics because, you know, it's got a range of female mutants as well as male. So That's I think true. it plays yeah. towards both. Now, there, there is a kind of soap opera quality to it as well. Yeah. They're all in the same house. They're all trying to kind of, you know, live together There's and work together. love relationships between so many different characters. I like It's like Rogue. <laughs> Superhero romance. Yeah. Okay, now why not say get into something like Superman or Batman or something like that? I actually just recently did get into Batman. I really like it. It's like I, hmm, there's a big group of people dressed up. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Because you've had a lot of people kind of stop by. Yeah, we got, Green Lantern, so. we got oh, okay. a lot of the conventions, and oh, okay. yeah, yeah, we know a lot of people. We read a lot of comic books, so we end up you know, knowing a lot of people in the comic book stores and okay. things like that. Yeah. So, okay, so it's kind of a hobby. You guys are really yeah, yeah. into it. You're the resident Green, Green Lantern. I'm Hal Jordan. Okay. But no costume. Why no costume today? I couldn't find my boots. And, uh, <laughs> tomorrow I will be here as Hal Jordan. Okay, Green great. Green Lantern tomorrow. Well, guys, I wanted to thank you for your time. That's really kind of cool. Just to let you know, uh, the show's called Half Hour Wasted. It comes out every Monday. Oh, um, earlier this year, I was talking girl. Oh, I got a great picture with you in it. Okay, did you ever see the picture? It's on our website. I'm sure I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, well, guys, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Now it's recording. We just oh. talked for for five minutes. I really need to pay attention to the solid red versus blinking red. Okay, the blinking to me means, hey, I'm recording. It does. It makes sense that way, but it's not. Maybe it's like, warning, you're not recording. Yeah. What a drag. Didn't mean to either. You're now a poet, and you didn't even know it. I I don't want to be a poet. Bill's here, Ashley's here, Brad's here. We just stepped in. We waited 20 minutes to get in, which is kind of strange for the Dallas Comic Con, and I was... Actually, kind of irked, but then Ashley said, "Well, it only means it's getting popular and more people are coming, so that's a good thing." All right. I'm like, "Yeah, I guess so." So, uh, next step is to uh, move it to the uh, AAC or uh, Gaylord. Absolutely. The spaceship on the lake. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's where I'd like to be. Hey, look, there's the, the Witchblade girl. That's Yancey yeah, but Butler. I think the that's uh, Yancey Butler right there, the Witchblade girl. Hello, Yancey. Yeah. Yeah, I remember her. What are you talking about? 
there's an old TV there was a TV show based on a comic called Witchblade yep. and, and that lady that just walked by was the actress that played Were Witchblade. Were you even born then? She was. <laughs> you know she's going to be 15 in less than a month. Stop well, it. About a month from now. Man. Kind of crazy. My uh, my seven year old is uh, she's gaining on you fast, so All right, I, when, I can relate. When Frank gets here, or June Bob, or somebody else, we'll turn this back on and say hi. And then, uh, but in the meantime, let's go get some comics. Yay! Don't yell. Long We're box. gonna yell, weren't you? I wasn't gonna yell. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. You just yell. Oh, I did that. Not. Well, it's gonna. June Bob Kim, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So we're at Dallas Comic Con. It is packed. It is very packed. In fact, I think uh, it's about like almost ten times the amount of people that I've seen. You know. You know, I would agree with that because there was there was actually a line to get in here. Yep, there, uh, Brad and his uh, his daughter. Uh, Thirty minutes before they can get in. No way. Oh, wow. Absolutely, just standing outside just to get inside. So. Well, I talked to one of the, the guys in here now recently. Hey, Bobby Kim, how are you, man? Good to see you. Where's your booth? <laughs> Hey, uh, I'm standing right next to The Voice, Bill McGonnell. Bill, how are you? I'm uh, feeling pretty good about things. How are you doing? Doing good. So how long have you been here? Been here long enough to be over there in the far corner. Okay. And I'm in this uh, section with $2 comics. Mind my own business, and there's a run of giant-sized Justice League of America. It's like the ones that came out in the early 70s. And I'm going, holy crap, I'm going to get at least four or five of these. Some, some dude who needs to mix in a salad every now and again kind of horns his way in a little bit it's like that's fine you know let him go and then I'll just get back to it so I'm just sitting literally just sitting there waiting for him to rifle through that box so I can get back to it he pulls out every single one of those SOBs and plops them down and I'm just going what what the I've never gotten snaked that hard I think in my life you cannot be a nice guy if you see something you want you go for it apparently that's the lesson (laughs) don't be a nice guy at the con so remember this kids when you come to the con you know you need to put little spikes in your shoes and you know poison tip darts and we'll see if uh, he needs help Uh, okay you gonna talk to Sean yeah I think I'm gonna make sure that his buddy walked out so I'm gonna see if he needs help oh okay okay so Bill you probably haven't seen so Sean yet. Pardon? Have you seen, uh, have you been to Sean's? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. I got this stuff. Um, dude, he gave me, I'm literally, I'm sitting there um, holding, uh, looking at a bunch of comics, and I'm thinking, how the heck am I going to cart these things around? I don't have a bag on me. And um, I'm sitting there, Brad and June Bob come up, and, uh, and Ashley, and uh, he's like, hey, what's up June Bob and uh, Brad goes hey this is Sean standing behind the, uh, the counter and Sean goes you're Bill because I got something for you so he reaches down he picks this thing up and he check out the bag dude nice got me a bag. Sage software no doubt a little something to, uh, something to put my books in dude well, so. look, well look at what I got so that's worked out well Sean gave me nice. practically well no it's not the bag it's what's in the bag practically oh. the whole run of 100 bullets really yeah you're a little jealous aren't you dude yeah that that's a deal, baby. Uh, I just need two trades, and I'll be. I can catch up to what he gave me. But is that not just the sweetest thing? That is a score. That is a tremendous score. So I'm gonna have enough to read now for a while. So I'm gonna be very happy. Uh, good for you. Yeah. Good, good for, for you. you. Okay. So I'm gonna. Now again, I'm using the. Uh, I'm using the iffy recorder, so this may never see the light of day. Well, no. <laughs> now you know what. We'll be here anyway. We'll re-record it like we always do. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Be strong. I was walking to Con Floor.
Moore, and I bumped into Elizabeth Breitweiser, who's a colorist, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am, but with Marvel mostly. Marvel. What are some of the titles you've worked on? Okay, I'm working on Agents of Atlas right now, at least uh, for the next four issues. Um, I just finished up Scar, Son of Hulk, up to issue 12, and then um, I also work with my husband, Mitch, on whatever he's doing. So we're fixing to start uh, um, a mini we can't talk about, four-issue mini. We worked on the Operation Zero Point, Captain America book, the X-Men annual, the Spider-Man annual, and the Captain America. Great, okay. Now, I always see you. I usually see you. Do you live in this area? We, uh, this is the closest show to our home. We're from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. So. Okay, great. So that's why you're always at the Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so you must be disappointed that Wizard World went away. Yeah, yeah. Usually we uh, we always attend the Wizard World, so we're kind of disappointed it's canceled here this year. But yeah, we usually attend most of the Wizard World shows that are around. We always go to Chicago, sometimes Philly. You know, uh, one thing you've kind of pointed out in the past is how the transfer can be different when you work on a coloring. Like, you work on computers, right? Uh-huh. I do everything in Photoshop. Okay. So, um, what are some of the struggles getting it from Photoshop to the print page? Because there, there are some struggles, aren't there? Well, I, th- I would say the main struggles is just uh, making sure the artist gets what they're looking for. So, working with Mitch is really easy because, you know, we live together. So, obviously, I can talk closely with him and stuff. So, some artists I'm not in close contact with. And so, I'm always really nervous that I'm not giving them exactly what they need, you know. So, that's, I, th- I would say, um, as far as being comfortable and stuff and uh, working and trying to get what the artist wants is, is my main fear and problem. <laughs> and what's your background? Like, how did you get in, into being a colorist? Yeah, um, actually, I was an art teacher. I taught 7th through 12th grade, and um, I graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts, and I was also a fine artist. I had some stuff in, in galleries in, around Little Rock, and um, I met my husband, Mitch, and he he was already established comic book artist, and um, he started talking to me, trying to get me to color his work for him, and so over, over the course... Was that during the dating process? It was, yes. <laughs> yes. He, he tried to make me like his assistant, like scan his pages and stuff, and I was like, no, sir. Like, maybe I'll do some of the art side, but I don't want to, you know. And so, uh, eventually, I just, you know, I worked at, while I was teaching, I just, um, I kind of learned my way around Photoshop and the coloring process, and on the Captain America Zero Point, I told Marvel that, I said, let me color this for you on spec, and if you like it, you can use it, and if you don't like it, you know, hard feelings, and, you know, and then liking it and using it, and so I've been coloring for Marvel ever since. All right, that's really, that's a cool story. Yeah. Okay, so if guys want to know more about you, where, where, do you have a website? Yeah, it's, um, you can hook up to me through Mitchell's website, and it's just MitchellBrightweiser.com. So. Great, okay, we'll put that in the show notes. It was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, Thank you, you so too. much. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by. You bet. <laughs> Okay, this is Frank, and I was uh, and I was watching this little boy, probably about four years old. His, him and his dad were having a fight. I don't know what the argument was about, but the little boy stomped his foot and threw his bag on the floor, and his father was very patiently talking to him about something. So it was a little fanboy. He was uh, he was upset because he wasn't getting his way. That was kind of funny. Okay, off to the floor.
Okay, so I'm here with June Bob again. Maybe we can talk this time without getting interrupted. <laughs> June, so, uh, and Hung, right? Yes. It's Hung. Hung, how are you? I'm doing great. Great. So uh, so describe to me this uh, this drawing that Brad's going to get. So, first of all, what's the story behind it? It's um, it's uh, Superman from Kingdom Come, uh, the Kingdom Come Superman and Captain Marvel, and they're fighting. So uh, why'd you draw it? Uh, well, it's one of my, Kingdom Come is one of my favorite comic books of all time, and so it's one of those visuals that I always, always liked anyway, and uh, when I decided I needed to, I wanted to kind of do it, I've done a commission for Brad Milo a while back, and that was one of the, you know, first uh, commissions that I've done, and I was never truly happy with the way it turned out. So, what was that commission you did for him? Uh, it's, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, Captain Marvel uh, versus uh, Kingdom Come Superman, and where they're basically facing off with one another, and um, I did the pose, and I just, I think I've developed as an artist, you know, after that time, and so I've always, you know, that was one, you know, image, even among all the commissions that I've done, that I always told myself that I would want to redo it to see if I can do it better than before, and so uh, with the little break that I had, I decided to go ahead and start drawing it, and I, uh, um, you know, I just kind of took a dabble at it, and it kind of turned out, you know, a lot better. And, and let me ask you a little bit, so it looks like it's on a black background, because they're fighting it, no, it's a black and white piece. Now, did you, um, let me ask you how you did the lightning. Did you paint it all black first and then do the lightning? No. Or did you? No, actually, on my website, I have, um, I have the uh, three stages on my uh, jumbobkim.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the uh, website, I posted all three of the stages where I have it in pencils, which was on a white sheet of paper. I penciled the outlines of the things, and then there's a uh, in-between stage picture that I took uh, as I began to ink it. Uh, you can see that I was uh, now not only outlining the characters, but outlining the uh, actual lightning lines, too. Then I went ahead and filled it in with the uh, the blacks of the inks on the space part, and then I do a little bit of um, steepling uh, effect to, you know, with the white to finish it off at the end. Okay, it's really pretty. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing job. Great detail, lots of action, very kinetic. I'll describe it to you quickly for the, for the listeners. Uh, Kingdom Come Superman, they're both fighting in the air. Captain Marvel ha is above them. His hand is is powered with electricity, and you know you could argue that that uh, Kingdom Come Superman kind of kind of is on the lower end of this of this battle. But you know, like like he's about to hit the, get this punch from Captain Marvel. But it looks really cool, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that describes it pretty well. Yeah. So, and how long did it take you? It took me. Uh, Basically around 11 hours total. Oh, okay. That's very impressive, man. Very impressive. Uh, how's Ursula Wild? It is coming along. Um, I got a. My work schedule has. Uh, my regular daytime job schedule has, you know, slowed down somewhat. Mm -hmm. And so we just, let's just keep our fingers crossed that my boss didn't hear that. <laughs> because he'll make sure that, uh, you know, it gets picked up again. And so I'm, um, I'm trying to, uh, you know, get caught up with it. And so uh, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're getting to a good point where hopefully. Hopefully, uh, we can get our miniseries uh, published pretty soon. Okay, I know you guys will do it. Great. Well, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. All right. Frank showed up. Frank, hey. is this? have you recorded yet? I mean, yeah. have you recorded before I yeah. got here? Okay, cool. Yeah, we recorded a little bit. Come on back here. That's good stuff, too. So, what'd you guys get? Well, let's talk about you. You just, you just wandered in. I've actually been here for, oh, I don't know, maybe two hours. I was at a rummage sale. I have a sick friend and we're raising money for her uh, for her surgery you, um, okay cool and then you showed up and uh, 
What'd you get? 100 Let's bullets? See. Well, I got 100 bullets, volume 2. I have volume 1 because Sean O, Sean, oh, yeah. form, gave me his uh, 100 bullets run from about, I think, 18 on to the end. That was very That's generous. June Bob's friend. Yeah. Nice. Who, um, who is Sean? Is, does he have a form name? Sean O. Sean O. Sean O? Yeah. Okay. I'll um, He also, uh, I found all eight issues of the Born Again storyline, the Frank Miller, David Mazzuchelli, Daredevil mm-hmm. story, and he gave them to me. Wow, nice. Yeah. Tasty. I bought, uh, I bought a handful of Elseworlds from him. Uh, he, he gave me all those 100 bullets because he goes, all the entertainment you guys provide for me. Yeah. You know, this is a gift. That was a very generous gift. And uh, I also got Powers. I'm slowly getting into this That's series. A good I book. like it. That's yeah. a good book, Powers. This is, this is number three. Bendis. Yeah. That's a, I think I read the first two trades worth of... I got the first two. It's very good. Um, it's like crowded here. Yeah, it's good. It's nice yeah. and crowded. And you know what? There's a lot of people in costume. I'm very surprised by that. The uh, the Chinese uh, Superman's walking around. I've seen him <laughs> a few times. Uh, I talked to Wig Supergirl for a little while. And, really? And I don't know if you saw the two ex-girls out there, but... Uh, yeah. One was pretty... Uh, I don't think I don't think she could lean more than than ten degrees in any direction without oh, no. without oh, yeah. feeling some pain downstairs because it was a oh okay it I was a pretty tight is. fit. There's Dan from San Ann and hey, Dan's Dan wife. From San Ann. Hey Dan, come on over. We're actually we're come on yeah yeah come, come on, on over. over. We're actually recording right now. Oh no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, this again. is my wife Max. Who hey Max, we've met Max. How you doing? Nice to meet Stand you. Stand from St. Anne's here. Brad, and Brad's daughter. Nice. You look yes. familiar to me. What's your name, buddy? James. 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 Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think. He what? He runs. Well, unofficially runs. Oh, okay. Hey, it's a lot cra- more crowded here uh, than uh, than it has been, and um, I, you know, I complained about having to wait in line, but my daughter said this is a good thing, you know. Some, I think so. I know. Yeah. This, this con used to, to be at, at the Plano Convention Center, which is where Star Wars Fan Days is. Yeah. And it was a little bigger, and uh, it got too small for that, I guess, so they moved it here. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see it go back, you well, know? Maybe it's a sign of the economy. Well, that plus, back. you know, Wizard's not here. I'd that like too. to see this place, this con, grow and grow and yeah. grow. You know what's crazy, though, is they actually might have bigger names here this year than Wizard World did the last year. Maybe I know they got. Oh my god! You know what? Yeah, that's years. a good. Point. They got Bill Sienkiewicz. They got Steve Niles. They got J. Scott Campbell. Which the line for Campbell is out. The I know. Board. I'd like Even to. Even celebrity wise, I mean, they got I Dean Stockwell. Oh, I met oh, Dean Stockwell's girlfriend. No kidding. Yes. Was that his? I thought He's that was his daughter. Here. Maybe. No, that no. was his girlfriend. Yeah. He was canoodling. Really? Uh, very cute girl. I went up to talk to her. I was like, Hey, so you got drug here by your boyfriend? You know, that's my. That's how I. That's your pickup line. Check the other boyfriend. No, I'm here with my boyfriend. Oh, really? Who is he? Oh no, she says I'm here with one of the guests. Goes, oh really? Which one? Because Dean Stockwell. I'm his uh, girlfriend. She's like, Wow. Oh yeah, Dean Stockwell's She's, back there. Yeah. And the du- who's the dude cute. from F Troop? Oh, James. James Hampton oh, yeah. is here. The dude from F Troop okay. is back in the back. Dean Stock, uh, Dean Stockwell's girlfriend, has yeah. got yeah, to be. Mary Bossman's cool dude. Yeah, about, she's about this big. Yeah, and, and she's probably around twenty-two. Oh wow. Twenty-two. Oh, you're talking about his, his girlfriend. Dean Stockwell's doing well, isn't he? He's actually like my fourth cousin. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> Dean Stockwell no is your fourth cousin. 
Get no, he doesn't, door, he doesn't know me. My, Does uh, he know you're his fourth cousin? No, I didn't tell him. That. I'll give you $10 if you go up to him and say, hey, I'm your fourth cousin. No. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give no, no, give me that Hollywood <laughs> money. Uh, yeah, my, my mom's mother's maiden name is Stockwell. No and way. That's how, that's how we're so related. Grandmother? So, yeah, my grandmother on my mom's side. Wow. Wow. That's, that, wow, that's a, a great so, story. So, yeah, it was kind of cool because I got an autographed picture for him, from him. Nice. And had my picture taken, and I'm, the picture was made out to my mom, and I'm going to send it up So, to just her. now, today, you, so you, to, you told him everything, but I'm your fourth cousin. Right. I didn't tell him any of that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go tell him. No, because that's like borderline. You hey, who's like that guy with the blue? Type thing, you know? <laughs> There's the red skull, but who's the guy in the blue with the. Oh, that's Blue Skull. He looks like he looks like a Nacho Libre type of yeah. wrestler. Yeah, he's got I no think, shirt on too. I think no. he's generic Mexican wrestler. That's, that's his Not school, a, is that, the most fabulous wrestler. La Lucha Hornets. Is that is that is that Azul? You know what though? He did have nice pants. <laughs> I'm about to say you're probably Tia Azula. Your chances of finding someone with really nice pants hey, around here is going? probably low. So, well, so, so the the I'm thinking most people at a con. So how are you involved with the show? You said you were. Yeah, I'm friends with him. I know I have. Runs the show. I was coming in that. He's asked me to, you know, ask me to come and help out. You see the guy that walks around with the microphone talking and stuff. So, so what was he expecting for the show? Do you know? I mean, was he expecting a good turnout? What was he expecting? They expect a pretty good turnout, but I think this surpassed anything they ever hoped. This is the stinkiest Dallas con I've ever been to. I've been the stinkiest. Aroma, aroma, aroma wise. It's strong. It's, yeah, yeah, it smells oh, like a gymnasium. Well, it's true. It comes you in know. waves too. So I think there must be like you and know, you know, there must be a stinky smell. We, we like need a table with some like maybe some you know axe body spray or something. <laughs> Damn, Our guys would know what to do with it. They just look. What's, at, what's this? this? Well, we just need girls. Oh, Durant! At least one or two girls. <laughs> to put it it's like the misters that you go through at Six Flags. They have to walk. Yeah, that would be nice. Close your eyes, hold your breath, walk through. You're the Mad Croc girls from Wizard World. We need a couple of them just walking around the aisle. Oh yeah. If they can get you to eat crappy gum, they'll get you to eat crappy body. Oh man, and I was like, I was. I was like, really? They were telling me all about the gum. Really? Oh, wow. Are you talking to me? That's or awesome. Or suicide girls, boy. They'll yeah. talk, they can talk you into anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, they can talk you into anything. Well. Oh. That, that's how I spent over $4,000 on a, on a 28-year subscription because they just talked me into it. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice if you went up another year. You get more savings that way. <laughs> Want to supersize that? <laughs> For a quarter, yeah, they it's got only me to a buy quarter a shirt more. That I've never worn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that looks good on you. Well, here's my wallet. <laughs> Bill, what, what did you get over here? Uh, some Legion stuff. Uh, I'm trying to catalog them right now. Oh, are you? Yeah, a couple Ironmen, just some random Ironmen issues uh, that come not too far after the Demon and Bottle, which oh, okay. I, of course just yeah. score and uh, been enjoying so far. And just you know, trying to generically fill in you know Legion issues. Cool. That's a shocker. What's that? Is that Captain Marvel number one? Yeah, it's just a uh, little conceit. That's one of those. Marvel Spotlight on Captain Marvel. I, I, abs- I don't oh, remember. Yeah. I don't remember one panel from this comic, but I absolutely know I had it when I was a kid. So did you have Marvel yeah. Spotlight or Captain Marvel? Probably both. Oh, okay. I was riding my wheelhouse. This is a 40 cent comic, and I started awesome. buying them when they were like 25 cents going to 30. So, yeah, I stopped collecting them the first time when comics got to like about 60 cents, I think. So, no. It's uh, oh. right in my wheelhouse. Spend 20 bucks and walk away with a pile. I know, yeah. I miss those days. Those I found a days. Secret Wars issue number seven, which Ooh. was the only one I needed for that whole deal. So now I can bind my Secret Wars issues. Oh, cool. Mm. Which yeah. one is seven? Uh, it's got cap on the front. Okay. Um, it's the one, it's the issue right before the one where Spider-Man gets his black costume. Okay. Uh, I'm hungry, and, you know, I don't want to eat anything out of the vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, but before, before you get really? did Bill tell a snipe story? Thought we got sniped? 
Oh dear. You get tell us. Tell Bill us has a very good snipe story. Oh, you did tell me. I know what you're talking about, you but tell, tell it again. Tell us. Tell oh, the listeners. I, I got hammered. This I've, just proves. Are you listening to music right now? I no, I'm not listening to anything at all. Then why you have headphones? Am I on? yelling? <laughs> um, it just proves what kind of nice guy Bill is. So tell us. Tell us the story. Well, I mind my. Own, it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm minding my own business in the two dollar bins and. Um, I find this little treasure trove of old Justice League, giant-sized Justice Leagues from, like, the early 70s, the 100 pages for 60 cents ones that had, like, three, four stories in them, sometimes five. Right. And uh, they're two bucks a pop, and I find what has to have been six or seven of them. And um, I'm just kind of fingering through them going, man, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. And some other guy kind of kind of worms his way in and starts flipping through that bin, and it's like, oh, I'll just step back and let this dude finish his business and get on the next bin, and then I'll go ahead and snag him. And he gets that section of JLAs, and he just in one fell swoop reaches in, takes them all out. I mean, you know, basically take about an encyclopedia worth of comics out of that stack. Did he used the claw on him? And he just, pretty much, man. And, uh, yeah, he had some tats, and, yeah, he's... Um, Probably didn't smell he, too good. Either. Well, he could have been in a lot better shape too, but uh, I still didn't feel like muscle him out of the way. So I just kind of sat there and went, oh, 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 and uh, it was very sad. So, yeah, life is tough. A couple good, of and Star I'm, Trek cosplayers out there. Nice. And I've been collecting single issues since then. So, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's worth that. Yeah, it's been a pretty good day. I didn't really have um, much on my, on my hey, list. I've been wanting to go. Uh, is Carrie Gamble, Paul Smith here? I think I saw Kerry so. Gamble out there. Okay. Who's Kerry Gamble? Um, he he uh, has that original art page oh, that Kerry right. Gamble. Yeah, I was wondering about maybe going over and just saying hi. Is he going to like charge me 15 bucks to sign or something? Or can I just go say hi to him? Or I don't know. You can ask work, him. Dude? Say, hey, I've got this original art page. wondered if you could autograph it for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's tons of people goes, out uh, there. Did Bob Layton charge any for signatures? No. no. Did, did Steve Niles charge for signatures? No. Nah. I mean, yeah. you're not taking a picture. He's not a celebrity. Yeah. And it depends Dave on their Prowse mood. Dave thinks he is. Dave Prowse thinks he's a celebrity. I mean, I, technically, I suppose he is, but... No, he's not. You don't see his face at all. Okay. <laughs> who's, yeah. who's not a celebrity? Dave Prowse. Dave Prowse. He, he wore the Darth Vader costume. Oh, him. Yeah. Yeah. Tall guy. Who? Big. I think it was uh, the geeks who were talking about that's the most... That guy's got more celebrity out of never being seen on screen yeah. than yeah. anyone <laughs> in the history of... Rick Barton. Ray Park? Nobody, I mean, you've never seen his face. Yeah, you have. Oh, without makeup. Oh, without makeup. That's true. You've never seen his his skin tone. uh, He didn't, he never said any lines. You know, he never had any lines on it. Basically, he was just a guy in a suit. Could have been anybody. Could have been anybody. Well, now, he did have the one line about, uh, now we will have our revenge, didn't he? You're talking about David Prowse, and you're talking about Ray Park. Good point. I sure as heck am. It's, now it's confusing. You want to go? Yeah, let's go. go. Right let's go. Right Come on, now? Let's go. Okay. Oh, ow, up. Ow, 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 ow. You know, the odd thing is both those guys are in Star Wars movies. That's right. I'm sorry. There's some type of weird Star Wars connection. You know, with your, with your relation to Dean Stockwell, and I can't remember, one of our listeners' wife has that. Uh, she babysat for... Jessica Simpson, remember? Oh yeah, that's right. I remember hearing about that. I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, I can't. We, I know exactly who you're talking about. Really? But I just don't know. We're who very is. connected to Hollywood. And Steve Niles looks like my twin brother if I wear glasses. We are like we're connected to Hollywood. We're like one degree from Hollywood. And I can feel it. It's on yeah. the way. It's on the way. Yeah, we're going to be big time. And you and Brad Meltzer have almost the exact same autograph. I did. We walked up the first one of the first tables is a uh-huh. table full of autographed uh, comics. And so, who saw it first? Actually saw it and then and then I looked at it and I'm like, 
when did I sign a comic book and why is that guy selling it? <laughs> well, it was a Justice League of America. No, no, no. Was it Identity Crisis? Which one was it? Uh, it was, yeah, a, it was a Brad Meltzer. Oh, okay. But anyway, it looked, and it, upon first glance, it looked like it said Brad Milo and it looked like <laughs> my handwriting. And I was like, it what was the? extremely similar. Yeah, what table was, was that? Funny. It's right out. The guy um, with the big, huge collection of autographed books? Yeah, right outside yeah, this okay, first that's entrance Tom, here. Look. That's Tom. He, he actually writes an independent book. Um, <laughs> We're getting a lot hasn't of come out in a while, but Some Big Lumberjack. If you oh, ever yeah. saw that at Wizard World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the guy. He's one of the creators of that. Cool. I'm gonna get uh, all his books are autographed from Wizard Let's go get pictures of Superhero Kid. Let's walk a, around. You want to talk some more? I oh, forgot my camera. Thank goodness you I, said kid because I have a, a concussion. Walk around too. <laughs> yes. What? It's good to see. I'm going to be back. I have a concussion. Oh, okay. Did I oh, just say Frank? that? From Frank? He's mean to me. <laughs> hey, there's an ice machine. I'm going to go take a bath. Okay. All right, bye. Hey, we got Chris from our local um, um, local comic shop, Keith's Comics. It's just Keith, right? Uh-huh. Sometimes we call it Atomic. It goes by many names. <laughs> we are a store of mystery. <laughs> so, Chris, what brings you here? Just shopping? Um, I'm actually... My schedule, or Chris, I'm sorry. My schedule got changed up, so I'm actually off on the weekend. So this is the first time I've been able to come to a show as a fan instead of being an artist alley years ago or working it. Yeah, I've seen you work it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, every time we come by, you were work at the booth working. Work it, <laughs> work it baby, work it. Well, so what did you get today? I know you're, you said you're a big Green Arrow fan, so you had a Green Arrow toy in I there. I got a uh, mini-series that no one heard about that Mike Grell and uh, Gray Morrow did. All four issues, Wonder Year. I've never heard of that. Half off of that, plus Green Lantern, plus I got to meet Paul Smith. He's signed a couple of books, a couple of action figures from Justice League Unlimited and stuff like that. And right now I'm just basically waiting for Michael Lark to do the sketch that I paid him for. <laughs> kind of, I got a couple people in front of me. so. Okay. Did he do that thing where he took your, your phone number and he'd call you when he was done? That's like the new thing artists are doing. No, no, no. I'm like the second or third one down, so I'm just ready to get it. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Well, so, yeah, you know, I'm really surprised at the amount of people here. I've said that several times. There are a lot of people. This is the first time I've actually seen the convention with a lane, or a lane of people waiting yeah. to get in. And it just kind of amazed me, because I've never seen that before. Part of it, the people are saying the media celebrities, but it seems like a lot of people are coming for the artists, Bill Sinkovich and J. Scott Campbell and Paul Smith. And J. Scott Campbell is a crazy line. Oh, yeah, and Steve Niles is here, and so it's there's a lot of people that people want, actually want to meet and talk to. So, you know, the dealer's room is a buzzing. Yeah, totally, totally. So, it's a really good convention. Yeah. Now, I think this is, there's another convention center, the Plano Center. Is this smaller or bigger? Uh, the Plano Convention Center? I think it's bigger, it's bigger than this. Yeah, it's bigger. Yeah, okay. Because I wonder why they don't move here, but maybe the rent's better for this room. I think they, they have to, most conventions, they have to sign up a lease long before the convention comes around, like a year in advance. Okay. So I think that's probably part of the why. And this is Mark Walters and Ben both do a really, used to have two separate shows. They combined years ago. So I think it's just something they just have deals with. Mm-hmm. Well, being that you've been on, now you've been on both sides. You've been a vendor at a show, and now you're a customer. You've always been a customer. What are some of the secrets to getting a good deal? Like, how can someone uh, get a good deal from you? Are there, are there magic words or their technique? Not really. Most of the people, a lot of this stuff is older stuff, which is pretty good if you're just trying to get reading material. There's, you know, dollar comics, quarter comics. People 
people are selling, you know, I get a really good discount at yeah. Keith, so some of the things like a 30% off trade won't do it for me. 50, yeah. 50% off, that'll do it for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And meeting an artist and getting a decent sketch, because Michael Lark is someone who's been on the run for Daredevil, and he's a hot man and Superman and a bunch of other stuff. $30 for a sketch, yeah, which is really good. Really good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And it's just, there's a lot of cool things, you know, weapons and patches and t-shirts and whatever you're looking for that you need to fill out your, uh, your, uh, 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 fanboy habit. Cool, cool. Well, hey, man, good seeing you. Just good thought I'd say, hey, and this is actually, I think this is the first time we've ever talked to you on our show. No, yeah, yeah. I've, so, I've had it uh, linked uh, on my website, or on the browser, but every time I go there, it's those other guys that are always there. Oh, the Legion yeah. of Dudes, yeah. It's never, yeah. never you, you and Brad, man, so I'm yeah. like, I want some of them. <laughs> well, cool. This will be on this Monday, so you can cool. check it out. Uh, if this, this is the iffy recorder. There's a slight okay. chance this one might not work, but we'll see. Anyway, great seeing you, man. Hey, Take care. Good Frank. Bye. Take it easy. How about we do it? I'm talking to Wonder Woman, the real Wonder Woman, right? Yes, I oh am. Oh, my gosh. Wonder Woman, you look great. So, Wonder Woman, where do you, if you were a civilian, how would you make your costume? If I was a <laughs> I would get my sister to make it. Oh, and you're the sister, right? And you're Catwoman, right? Yeah, I'm Catwoman. You actually did a great job. I like your uh, I like your um, your whip and stuff. You did a good job. Thank now, you. Now, who else do we have in the mix? Who's, who are you? I'm Rogue. You're Rogue, okay. And you are? Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. And you are? Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. And you are? Cheetah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so did you guys, so what What inspired you to come dressed up? Because, you know, some people, they, they like to do it. Other people are really into it. I mean, what, what inspired you to get to dress up? and you dress up. Yeah, okay. Was that the main reason? Well, not really, because I can't, this is, like, glued to me, because <laughs> I am Poison Ivy. Uh-huh. I love comic books. It's my favorite thing in the world to read comic books. <laughs> okay, what are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading JSA, JLA, and Green Lantern. Okay, cool. That's really cool. How about any, any do we have any other readers here? Uh, my dad and my aunt both love comic books, so. Cool. Is she part of your group, too? Yes. Oh, okay, who's that? Black Widow. I think, I think her, I think the, I think her pants are ripped in the back. <laughs> oh, <no>. Okay. <laughs> Don't put that on her. I don't <laughs> It's a small it's just the underlining. Okay, okay. Okay, and who and who do we have here? I'm talking to your friends about. What's your costume? Or who are you? Black Widow. You're Black Widow. Okay, you look great. You guys did a good job. Okay, so do you come to a lot of cons? I do. Yeah. How about the rest of you? Oh, your posse? Okay. Do you guys have like a website or anything, or is this something you do for fun? No, this is just for fun. Okay. Well, you guys look. First time I've ever been. First time. Okay. Well, as you can tell, Trua, people love to stop you when you're in costume. You become the hit of the con. So you girls look really great. You did a good job. It was just I thought it'd be nice to talk to you. Okay. All right. Say uh, say bye. Say bye. Half hour wasted. That's the name of my show. Okay. Half hour wasted. Are you ready? On three, two, one. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Okay, this is Frank. I'm just kind of walking the floor now, and uh, I wanted to point out an observation that uh, there are a lot of very, very pretty girls at this con, and uh, every single one of them are taken. So it is also a very frustrating con, but what you going to do?
anyway, things are looking good. Um, there is a gentleman dressed up like the nurse from um, Batman as the Joker. The Joker dressed as a nurse, and the funny thing about him is he did a good job with it, but uh, he has this expression on his face like he totally, like, it was a good idea in theory, but now that he's actually doing it and he's walking around the floor, that maybe, maybe he should not have. Like, he's regretting it just a little bit. Anyway, um... I'm going to go back around, check some stuff out. I'm definitely having a good time. See you guys later. Bye. Hey, guys. Guess who I just bumped into? Uh, Alex Ross Regas. Alex Ross Regas? Yeah. <laughs> he is... Uh, He's the Mexican Alex Ross. No. Have you uh, have you tested that to see if it yes, works? Yes, I, I have been testing. I just checked all the files. So far, so good. But right, we'll have cool. to see how they transfer. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Hey, your daughter told me that if I wear this thing all day, you're picking up my supper. So. And what and what do you have on your back? What do you have on your back? What does it say? This, this is an audio medium. You can't show know. it to me. You have to. Tell I don't me. have eyes in the back of my throat. You guys have to read it. It says June it Bob. <laughs> June Bob will buy will buy your comic books. That's what it says. No, it says half hour wasted. <laughs> so, uh, so Alex Ross Regas is out there, and uh, I just met the artist Alex Ross Regas. He's a uh, very hot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's a girl too. Yeah, there you go. She is. That's funny. Shano, how's the how's the sale going? How's the sale going, Frank? Have you? Uh, man, it looks like you made a big dent. He said he he said he, he's made enough to buy us all dinner tonight. Oh my God, that's great! Yeah, we're talking yeah, about Alex dinner. Ross. Right there, he's fine. Ross Alex Ross Regas. Ross Regas. She's buying. Yeah. She's buying. All the half hour ways to Alexa. Bought comics from you. Alexa Ross Regas. <laughs> And all the non-listeners who yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, this looks like a pretty good dent. I mean, yeah. you have how many boxes do you have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty. About twenty. Twenty-two, twenty-four. All right. So it looks like you may be going home with about maybe eighteen boxes if you consolidate. Maybe. Come back tomorrow, Frank. Eighteen. All right. All right. Is that the fire sale tomorrow? Yes, fire sale tomorrow. We have to send you the links to the sketches. Hey, so we're talking. We're talking about uh, dinner tonight. Where do you think we'll go, Brad? Well, I want to go to that place. You know where we can. Go karaoke, but the Baja is, Grill. Yeah, but the thing is, they don't start that till late. But you know, we might be there long enough to. We might be there long enough to do that. Yeah, you never know. I want to. I want to hear Brad. I want to hear you. Uh, no. I want to hear you sing. Um, uh, girls just want to have fun. A- Asians on behind the karaoke mic. That's too cliche. Oh come on, we're all about the cliche. But you're not Japanese, so you can do it. <laughs> Don't be scared. I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a generous offer. <laughs> a dollar. How many of these are your, are any of these your books too? Uh, I've got a few little selected few. Just a selected price. Yeah, two. So how do you, how do you know how much money you actually made if you got them all mixed in? You got them no, they're right here, right here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's just right here? Yeah, there's an orange tag. Yeah, let's see. Oh, an orange tags are yours. Okay. All right, you got you got an okay take here. Oh yeah, I have the I love the, I, I love this run. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately I just bought it. Why couldn't you been here a couple days ago? Oh well, this is gonna pay for gas to go home. No, I've already paid for gas. Okay, good. Hey Bill, uh, we're recording right now. We can walk and talk as we're uh, so. Who are we gonna meet, Bill? You can walk and talk. Um, 
Mr. Uh, Kerry Gamble, a um, an artist of uh, noted and note and repute and all that. Right. Um, kind of broke in in the uh, '70s. Um, we were talking about uh, the individual piece of art I've got, which is uh, a page from a book he did on Doctor Strange. Okay. And uh, wow. And here's a. Uh, Paul Smith talking to him. Okay. Wow. No. So, uh, so anyway, so he's from the 70s. You have a Doctor Strange page. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. It's a piece of original art, uh, inks by uh, Al Milgram. And, um, you know, um, he's kind enough to uh, sign it for him. We had a nice conversation for about five minutes or so. Great. Um, just kind of talked about comics and what he thought of uh, this particular piece of art. And, yeah, good stuff. And, and, and Mr. Paul Smith is sitting here uh, uh, talking to uh, Carrie Gamble right now, which is odd because those are the two people I was hoping to say hi to. Well, great. Yeah. you got to help me out a little bit with Paul Smith. I'm afraid I don't know enough um, about him. Uh, X-Men um, did a lot of that. Okay, okay. Um, he, uh, he took over... Uh, um, after uh, John Byrne left, after Dave Cockrum left, uh, Paul Smith had a short run on it. He also did some Doctor Strange. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's kind of introduce ourselves then. And we all came up with a different character. Right. I just remember thinking, oh, no, it's Randall. Why are you going to lie? Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, I'm Frank. How are you? Hey, Mr. Smith. Good to see you. Um, this, this is amazing. These are actually the two gentlemen I was hoping to talk to. I, I, uh, Mr. Gamble was nice enough to speak to me for a few minutes, and uh, uh, he's going to sign uh, uh, the mat uh, around a piece of art I've got from him. I, I, and we do a radio show on the net. So, oh, okay. So, but, uh, but Bill was hoping to talk to you, too. He's a big fan of your stuff. So, uh, oh, okay. No, I just haven't seen Carrie in, in 20 years. It's just totally cool to see the, so. the meeting of the minds. You know, I'm a kid that... I grew up on you know the, uh, the the Bronze Age stuff of the seventies. You know, I, I watched and into the eighties. Uh, um, I completely was blown away by what you did with uh, Doctor Strange and the X Men. Gosh, you shocked. You, you took you, know, <laughs> you took over for uh, um, uh, Dave Cocker. I followed Dave's second run. I basically was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Really? No one wanted anything to do with the X Men. What? Really? No one understood what royalties were. Royalties were literally brand new. I'm talking hours old, okay? And all anyone heard when they when someone said X Men was, would you like to draw a character with uh, a book with fifty thousand characters and get paid one fifteenth of what everyone else gets paid by virtue of the fact it's going to take you forever and a day to do a panel, uh, let alone uh, a whole book. And so you don't give that book to the newest kid in town. Yeah. Unless you've gone through John Buscema, John Romita. No, I was the last guy they asked. Okay, but you, you're here from California. You've only been here for like a day. We know you got nothing to do. Do this book. And I had been shooting my mouth off for years about how great I was supposed to be. Well, let's find out. Okay. Sink or swim, right here, right now. And here we are, wow. 30 years later. Well, they gave you a couple of Doctor Strange issues, and then they... That was they, my that's book. I, that's what I wanted to do at Marvel. Okay. But I sacrificed what I wanted to do. It may be the only solid business decision I ever made. Okay. Was that... It's not that I dislike the book, but yeah. it's a lot of work. So when they asked me, would you like to, my response was no, but I will for a year. Okay. Because... It will make me or break me right now. And then they let you go back to Doctor Strange, didn't they? Well, actually, I was supposed to go to uh, Green Lantern, but DC renamed. Really? Uh, Stephen Grant and I were going to go off to do uh, Green Lantern. We had the deal all in place, and at the last minute, they pulled the rug on Steve Grant. 
and asked me if I'd work with Len Wein, and I said, okay. nothing against Len Wein, but we got a package deal. Wow. And okay. if you can my buddy Steve, then you can me. Wow, interesting. That's, that's pretty yeah, big. So that's what happened in, uh, what, I guess, Dave Gibbons came in yeah. and, and worked with Len. And I, I've been a big Doctor Strange fan my whole life. Um, that's one of the reasons I've spoken with Mr. Gamble here. Um, signed that piece. Of, uh, my father got me a piece of art uh, by Mr. Gamble uh, when I was a kid. I've had it ever since. Okay. So, uh, um, but just my love of Doctor Strange just kind of, you know, has propelled me to both of you guys. But, uh, uh, so, was doing Doctor Strange more comfortable for you? I mean, did you just feel Steve you... Steve Ditko is the only reason I do comics. Really? My life comes in two stages. Okay. Life before and life after. <laughs> Steve Ditko. Wow. Issue 36, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. I just... I didn't know comics could move. I didn't know they could breathe. Now, what issue was that? Uh, the, lo- uh, the Looter. Okay. Uh, the Meteor Man. And I went running down to the store to get my own copy, because I had seen it in a friend's. Wow. It was gone. So I got number 37, the... Uh, Robots of Professor Strom or whatever. Yeah. Two months later, Ditko's gone. And I have spent the next 40 years trying to fill in that hole. Wow. So, yes, uh, Ditko had a profound influence on me, and uh, I'm much more comfortable on, on Doctor yeah. Strange than uh, most anything I've done other than those things I've created myself. Well, I just, I mean, you're, in, in my humble opinion, I mean, you know, it's, it's you, it's Frank Bruner, and Gene Colan. You know, I mean... Gosh and shucks. Indicate that he kicked his end step. <laughs> he kicked the ground and went shucks. But yeah, I just you know, I, I've, I've, I'm just I'm blown away that you know I'm able to meet you, gentlemen. So well, you'll yeah. pardon my modesty when I say it takes a certain kind of uh, artist to draw a character like Doctor Strange. Yes. You're running around in uh, uh, French cuffs and, and a peplum, and uh, it takes a special artist to make that kind of a guy look manly. Yeah, I think the, and, the next, uh, and the collar, the big collar. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah it's it's very easy for that costume to look very stupid, the, very fast. Well, the next person that wore that kind of shirt well was probably Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. but he had to wear it. Anyway. So you know, I don't think he ever got over that. The show went straight downhill after he put on the poofy shirt. There you go, pirate shirt. There you go. Hey, how's the turnout been for you tonight? Uh, bless their little hearts. It's like my 15 minutes were extended to 16. Oh right. <laughs> uh, they, they kept me signing all day long. I haven't had a chance to do much of any sketching at all, but that's okay. I've met a lot of people. They've all been very appreciative and thankful, uh, you know, for the, whatever happiness I brought to their youth. And what more can you ask than to be remembered by people for something like that? Yeah. So, well, where's home for you? Where, where did you come from? Well, I was born in Kansas City, but I was only there for three days. My dad was <laughs> Navy, and we moved all over. I've always considered Colorado home, but I always end up back in California. But now that I'm the last of the Mohicans, uh, mom and dad are both gone. My brothers are all gone. Uh, I've still got some nephews, but they're in their 20s and 30s now. They're, they're old enough to fly on their own. Okay. And so I'm, I'm thinking strongly about pulling up stakes and going somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere new, somewhere different, somewhere strange. Wow. Well, if you do come to Dallas, uh, try to avoid the summers. The summers here can be pretty hard. Well, as someone who spent time in the Philippines and in Virginia and in Kansas City, I I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City, that's that's no fun. But I'm going to guess the Philippines are even more no fun. Well, I'm probably the only person in the family who remembers it fondly because I was only five. Okay. So the idea that there were rats so big and fat you could run across the street and kick them before they could get up and move. You know, the idea that there were mosquitoes so large they could carry you off uh, was interesting to me. Uh, they had these striped, little striped fish in, in Manila Bay. You had to be very careful because it was full of uh, man of war and barracuda. Okay. Uh, but you'd catch these little striped fish and you'd hold them up to your ear and it sounded like they were giving off Morse code signals. 
Really? <laughs> Throw it back and catch another one. Uh, you know, that's so the, that crazy, that the craziest game I've ever heard in my life. Well, when you're five, you're easily amused. Yeah. But, you know, your mother finds out you've been hanging out by the pier with the Barracuda and the Manowar. Okay. <laughs> uh, and those fish have teeth, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Uh, so I remember the Philippines fondly. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but then, of course, we went from the Philippines straight to Colorado. They lost all our gear, so we're in there. We're in Colorado in khakis and shorts, and they have the earliest snowfall in 40 years. I was about to say that's a big trade. Uh, actually, yeah. it was a hailstorm, and while I had experience, I'm six years old at the time. I had experienced snow as a very young child, but I had never experienced hail before. So I'm thinking it's snow right out of the Philippines. Go running out, and man, I'm getting pelted by these golf ball size rocks from the sky. And for like a month, I wouldn't go outdoors. <laughs> it hurts out there, Bobby. I'm not going out there. I had a friend in high school who moved up from uh, Florida. And um, uh, we go out uh, one of the first days. We grew up in Oklahoma. And it's snowing outside. No big deal. Just, you know, light, fluffy snow. And uh, he goes outside, takes one look around, does a 180, and runs back into the building. And he swears this day that he thought that was like nuclear fallout or something. He had never seen snow. He didn't know what it was. And it was just, you know, Jeff, come on, man. You're in high school. You know? But I guess it wasn't coming out of golf ball. You know, yeah. You know, well, I knew enough, I thought, to assume it was safe. Okay. And then, bam. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a rude surprise. Yes. Yeah. So what are you working on these days? I'm uh, doing the death of Wolverine or the burial, uh, funeral of Wolverine, even as we yes. speak. Uh, apparently, uh, the X-Men Forever picks up where Chris okay. Claremont and Jim Lee left was, off right, right, right. some years ago. So I don't know exactly what the drama du jour is, but I pretty much know what goes on at the uh, funeral of Wolverine. Have you started uh, doing X-Men Forever yet? I've done... Uh, one and a half issues. I did an issue a few months ago, and then my father died right in the middle of it, and so they gave me time off, and okay. uh, and so now I'm. I mean, it's not my book. Okay. I, I don't want to give that impression to the readers, but uh, I'm back with uh, with Chris and uh, Terry Austin's inking. Oh, fantastic! And so uh, yeah, Terry come Austin, on, come all. Terry Austin goes well with anybody, but uh, I think the way he compliments uh, yourself and John Byrne is just he's just made to work with you two guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's the just the way he. How does he keep those lines so crisp? I mean, does he use a, a, a one, you know... A, a one? Well, in the old days, he did uh, Rapinograph. Uh, okay. By the time he was working with me, he was doing Croquil. Okay. And I'm assuming that's what he's still doing now. Wow. And the first few pages, I actually did not recognize uh, his work. But I think it's because it's been so long since he's worked on me. And apparently, he's never worked over blue pencil before. Really? Because he said his first reaction on seeing the work was he forgot to send the work. He sent the blank pages instead. <laughs> and he had to get it in the right light to go, oh, he did draw. In blue. Wow. Uh, and so he was a little unfamiliar. And I was trying to get uh, looser and rougher okay. to uh, make sure that whoever inked it could not trace it. Okay. The idea is you want someone to come in and, and let loose their inner Wally Wood, let loose their inner Kevin Nolan, now, you know, insert their personality forcefully into the work. Here, here's my ignorance. Are you literally using a blue-colored pencil, or yes. is it a computer process? No, I use a blue pencil. Uh, it was originally designed uh, for the days of stat cameras. Okay. Uh, and the film, the, the lens in the camera, uh, could literally not see yes, that shade of blue. 
Wow. Now, I don't use a true non-photo blue. Okay. I use a particular brand called Colorace. It actually erases, which most blue pencils will not. <laughs> so that's the big draw there with Colorace. And uh, it's got a little too much red in it to be a true non-photo. Okay. But I have a button on my scanner that I can push, and all the blue just disappears. And so I no longer have to erase my pages once I've inked them, because ink does not withstand okay, yeah. the abuse that it once uh, put up with. Really? Uh, it, especially it, when someone inks with a brush, as I do. Okay, is it a different formulation? or? Uh, They've had to take out poisons and toxins okay. and carcinogens to make it more uh, environmentally friendly. So they've taken all and the I'm mercury. fine with that. I have no <laughs> problem with that. But because I ink with a brush and uh, I use watered-down ink, many people will leave their ink out and let it get thick, and they'll put soap and shellac and things, get it really dark and thick. Wow. Uh, and I don't do that. I like it thin so it flows. Okay. And so uh, if I were to erase my ink, huge sections would just disappear. Wow. And so I, I draw in blue for that reason. That's, that's, I had no idea that, uh, that it worked like that. Uh, stop by the table in a, in a minute. And I can show cool. you uh, some uh, some layouts that way. I will look forward to that. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, what, what, what's it like working? You know, you have so much experience working with with newcomers that are coming into the industry. I mean, a lot of them work on computers and really stuff like that. Really, the only ones that... I work uh, with uh, the newcomers would be maybe letterers or colorists. I can't remember the last time I worked with a truly new writer or uh, a truly new inker. Um, I have learned enough that I can be conversant with them. Uh, I want to make sure I don't wind up a dinosaur left on the side of the road uh, for refusal to evolve. I still prefer the analog way, but at least now I can say, well, try this, try that. And if someone says they can't, I can say, well, excuse me, but yes, you can. Here's the button, okay. here's the tool, here's the, uh, the function. I've come to enjoy certain aspects of computer lettering. I can uh, uh, do effects lettering and such on the computer uh, much more quickly than I can uh, by hand. Um, uh -huh. Although I still prefer hand balloon lettering, but hand okay. balloon lettering doesn't scan well. And so it's I'm between the rock and the hard place trying to figure out what I want to do. How cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I just... I, I'm blown away. I, I can't believe I got to meet you. I mean, what, what an absolute pleasure. Well, thanks for coming by. Thanks for making me feel like my 15 minutes are still on. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, um, okay. Back to the salt mines. Well, maybe we'll see you tomorrow or tonight. Or yeah, we'll be doing Barcon or something. <laughs> Barcon 09. <laughs> no offense to you guys. I don't come for Comic-Con. I come for Barcon. Okay. And I don't drink. It's not about me getting drunk. But I haven't seen Carrie in 10, 20 years. Billy Sienkiewicz, haven't seen in 10, 20 years. But I can't really sit and talk to them here True. because of the fans, because yeah. of these idiots in their radio shows. Who's he talking to? <laughs> and so... You get together after the show, and in these smaller shows, there's only one hotel. And so oh, wow. in these smaller shows, there's only one bar. Okay. And then we all go off and do bar con. Nice. Okay. Nice. Get some chicken wings. And, uh, couple, there you go. Couple of, you know, couple of Roy Rogers. I'll pack in my uh, Dr. Pepper, you know, maybe nice. splurge on a Virgin Mary. What's well, nice oh, thing? Wow. Down, down here in Texas, you don't have to smell your Dr. Pepper in. There's plenty of it around. I know it's everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a great... Uh, yeah. And uh, this is also a, a hotbed for uh, fake Dr. Peppers, too. 
What, like uh, Mr. Piv? And- well, oh, uh, no, 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 I'm talking like uh, Dr. K and Dr. Sam and oh, yeah, Dr. Okay. Lonnie. I yes. shall not yeah. be confused. <laughs> yes. Yes, there's a few of them out there that are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yes, yes, you've come to the land of Dr. Pepper, so <laughs> life is good here. One of these days, I got to get to—is uh, it Waco or Tyler or the- oh, Waco that has the sugar with the Dr. Pepper with the sugar in it? In the glass. Yeah, yeah I, I got to do that because obviously I haven't had that since yeah. I was what twelve. Yeah, and, uh, you get a uh, Dublin, uh, Texas, which is kind of what west of College Station. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of south central Texas. Dublin is the home of. The original Imperial Sugar uh, Dr. Peppers. Okay. They actually say, you know, Dublin Dr. Peppers on them. Okay. And those are the ones that come in little 10-ounce bottles. Well, maybe that's the place. Yeah. I just know that I, that the real yes. stuff is around here yes. somewhere. But you can get it. You, you're as close as Waco, which is about an hour south of here. So, okay. you know, maybe worth a uh, road trip. You can stop at the check stop on the way back and get some kolaches. <laughs> it's a nice combo. All right. <laughs> anyway, i got to get back to the salt mines. No doubt. Well, thanks for coming by in a second. Okay. Appreciate that. Hey, sorry about that. How are you? <laughs> I completely forgot to have him sign, uh, sign this. By the way, I'm Frank. How are you? Pleasure to meet you. So, I think Bill told you about our show. A little bit. I tried show. not to beat you down too much. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we have an excellent time. Okay. Oh, geez. Copyright 1981. That's awesome. Yeah, we're, uh, Mr. Gamble was uh, um, kind enough to talk to me for a few minutes, and uh, he agreed to sign. Um, uh, I've got uh, uh, original art from Doctor Strange issue 46, uh, which apparently came out in 1981, mm-hmm. uh, which plagues me at like 11 years old, which is right in my wheelhouse. And I've had me about thing, 90 now. I've had this thing framed and matted for the last 30 years now almost, and uh, so he's, he's agreed to uh, sign it. Uh, uh, Frank and Brad and I had some issues as to you know where to sign it. Do you sign on the picture? Do you sign on the mat? Do you sign a card and put it in there with it? And uh, um, I think the uh, I think the mat's probably the uh, the way to go. So, well, it is much appreciated. Um, yeah, I mean, and uh, uh, one of the amazing things uh, you were telling me this is like your second job ever for Marvel. Yeah, I had done uh, the first thing I did was just a five-page trial story. Okay. Which had uh, some characters from the Defenders, if you remember them. Oh yes. And uh, they—it uh, was like a five-page story that they gave me just to sort of test me out. Now, was did this ever publish? Mine wasn't, luckily. Okay. <laughs> but they used to publish them as backup stories in the Defenders. Comics. Okay. So if you get some issues from like the late 70s. Okay. Now, was this the Doctor Strange, Namor, Hulk Defenders, or was this like the? The Hellcat, Hellcat uh, and Valkyrie. Okay. Were they, I remember they were the two characters. That did I she did. have the original costume with the cups, or did she have the nice white costume by that point? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think Fair it was enough. still the like silver cup thing. Okay. But uh, I did that five-page thing. That came out all right. Then they gave me, uh, as I was saying before, they had the assignment they would give to people to start them out that were just called fill-in issues or inventory yeah. stories. And so they'd uh, they'd have try to have one story as a backup uh, for each of the comic books that was just kind of a generic one issue story yeah. that they could plug in somewhere if, if you know an artist was late or yeah. some disaster came. So I did a uh, Marvel team up story with Spider Man and Daredevil, uh, which they ran right away. Uh, so that was kind of nice. And then the second thing they gave me after that was this Doctor Strange. Uh, fill-in story or inventory yeah. and uh, 
uh, and they ran that pretty quickly too. But yeah, so this was my second full job. Now, does it seem to me that uh, uh, back in the 70s, it uh, seems like, you know, writers have always written three, four, five books at a time, but uh, it seems like artists may have uh, done more books back then than they do now. Um, it, it seems like you rarely see an artist do more than one title these days. And well, that's uh, partly because the pay was so bad back then okay. that uh, the older artists, you know, guys like Kirby and Bissema yeah. and uh, those guys that, that started in the comics back in the 40s and 50s, you had to be fast or you couldn't survive because, you know, they were paying like $15 a page or something, you know, yeah. and so you had to draw several pages of the day in wow. order to just make it. And so those guys kind of never lost that, and they can, you know, they could crank out three or four or five pages a day sometimes. Uh, but the guys that came along a little later, you know, uh, when the pay got a little bit better, and, uh, <laughs> and I was always just pretty slow. I could never do more than a page or so a day. Uh, a lot of people did like a couple of pages, so they could do maybe two books a month. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, changed from the 60s when you'd see the same artist do like, you know, two or three books a month. Yeah, you just, you wonder, uh, you know, how did, I mean, how do they get through that many pages? I mean, they're just absolutely yeah. cranking them out. Right. Well, if you have a style like Kirby's, you yeah. know, that was very stylized and, and formulaic, you know, could kind of crank it out, you know, better. And Gesema was doing very loose work at the time that he was doing like five okay. pages a day. He was doing... More like layouts or breakdowns. Yeah, but, and, and, uh, yeah. The layouts were uh, not necessarily simpler back then, but it was a lot more likely to have a, a nine-page or a nine-panel page, you know, or right. a twelve-panel page and over and over again. The artists just a lot of them worked like twelve hours a day. Okay, they just, they just worked themselves to death trying to wow. crank out all that work. Yeah, they, they didn't even have the term carpal tunnel back then. No, <laughs> they probably had it. They just didn't know what to call it. Now, uh. uh, uh you uh, uh, you work with pencils. Uh, um, I've never heard of the uh, the, the blue pencil thing. Uh, is this something that's uh, fairly new? Do you ever do you ever work with that? Um, uh, I have kind of played around with all kinds of different methods. Okay. Uh, what I do mostly now is uh, do a loose sketch, and then I use a light box to trace over that and do the final drawing and Excellent. You know, keep it neater. Yeah. Uh, blue pencil I never was very good at because you can't see it well enough when you're drawing over it. Okay. Uh, you can actually use a red pencil if you're going to scan it. You could drop the red out, yeah. and that's easier to do uh, that method. But yeah, blue pencil is, uh, they make a pencil called non-photographic blue. Okay. So when the uh, stats are made in the old days, they photograph it and the blue would just disappear. So uh, and that, you could draw in blue and it wouldn't show up later. I mean, it seems like that really that really puts the onus on the inker to, uh, um, you know, the, at that point it seems like the penciler's almost doing breakdowns. It's really up to the inker to kind of uh, almost do the art. Is that, uh, um, did you, uh, have, do you do your own inks frequently or do you no, prefer very, to? No, very seldom. Okay. I, I ink a handful of stories early on, but uh, it takes me so much longer to ink the things in I'd rather leave it to a good professional inker. Okay. I'm more of an organic kind of artist, and I get kind of sloppy and messy with the pencil work and leave it up to yeah. you know, the pros to go in and clean it up with <laughs> nice, fine. I can never do a good sweeping, clean, flowing line. Yes. So uh, anything I eat comes out looking very scratchy and okay. lumpy and stuff. So. Yeah, I've, 
I, uh, when I was in the seventh grade, I wanted nothing more than to grow up to be a penciler. Yeah. I wanted to be a penciler for Marvel Comics. That's what I wanted yeah. to do. Me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading, uh, yeah, I'm reading X-Men, I'm reading, you know, Spider-Man and Daredevil and, you know, all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I quickly found out about the eighth grade, uh, a buddy of mine, he clearly had a gift for it, and I clearly did not. <laughs> it was just, well, yeah. sometimes you need those wake-up calls yeah. you know, to find out where your calling is, what you're good at. And, yeah. I just It was one of those where I desperately wanted to be naturally good at perspective and stuff, but it was awful. Everything I drew was just nothing but 2D. You know, I, I couldn't draw 3D to save my life, and yeah. I still wonder you know, how an artist uh, uh, makes that happen. It's a certain knack you have to have. I mean, you can learn a lot, but you can't just kind of learn a natural ability, yeah. you know, for because art basically is about shapes and form. Yes. And you've got to be able to see things three-dimensionally and create lines that, that actually uh, are, define a form, a three-dimensional form. And uh, so if you just don't have that kind of ability to visualize a form in terms of, of lines, you know, that, that will translate as a shape. Yes. Then, uh, you know, there's not really any way you can you can learn that. You know, you just, you know, people have talents in different areas, and, uh, you know, you can always get better at something, but you can't necessarily just, you know, train yeah. yourself to do something that <laughs> just requires some natural ability. Now, I'm, uh, I'm so used to seeing you do uh, uh, superhero work, but... Uh, uh, I was uh, looking uh, at some of the uh, the art designs you've done for uh, the uh, prospective Superman movie, Superman Lives, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm looking at uh, especially the creature designs and thinking, well, they absolutely stole Atrocitus from um, from from your artwork. So <laughs> yeah. what? Uh, the, uh, the there's a character in uh, this Green Lantern. Uh, this, Big Green Lantern story that's kind of taking the DC universe by storm this summer, and Atrocitus is a uh, big bad raging monster. Um, but it just looks like they absolutely stole the design. They they put the costume I, I on him. I was not aware was, of this. Yes, it was uh, the killer. Uh, oh my goodness, what was the name of it? Um, uh, killer in the dark or, or something like that. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was the name of the actual uh, image he drew. Um, but yeah, I just I had to chuckle quietly to myself and think. Uh, yeah, wonder if uh, Carrie knows about that. No, I didn't. I'll have to look at that and see. Of course, these things, you know, happen accidentally sometimes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. they don't. I saw a little bust of a, you know, someone had put out this little bronze bust of this monster thing. And I was at a, a convention uh, that, that has a lot of modelers and stuff there. And I was looking around at these things, and here was this thing. And I went, well, that looks familiar. <laughs> and then I realized, wait a minute, that's one of my dude things. Like, wow. And the guy that sculpted it was actually there at the show. And, I went over and said, uh, where did you get the idea for this thing? I said, oh, there's this book about drawing monsters. I said, oh, yeah. you mean it's, my uh, book? Yeah. <laughs> and he That's got very funny. nervous. He got very nervous for a little bit. But yeah. I, I was, you know, honored that he wanted to do a version of it. And he, gave, he gave me a bronze and a resin kit. And it's really interesting you've uh, kind of transitioned uh, towards that. Um, uh, I mean, hooking up with Tim Burton, right? How long, how long did you, were you working with Tim Burton on that? Uh, well, I actually was working for a special effects shop called oh, wow. uh, XFX, Steve, okay. Steve Johnson's company. And uh, so they, they would like, uh, you know, bid on different jobs mm-hmm. for different things. Our, their regular gig was doing the Outer Limits series. Okay, yeah. And then they did uh, movies like Species and Phantoms. And, nice. Uh, hey, underrated stuff. movies there. Yeah. 
them. Yeah, I never I, worked on any like big blockbuster thing. But. I, I always, I always preferred those kind of things. I, I thought Phantoms was a fun little movie, and uh, you know the the, the first uh, couple species movies were just fun. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, if I'm going to watch some kind of horror, I'm, I'm much more likely to watch that than Hostel or you know well, some of that the thing. Second species movie, and that was pretty neat. And uh, Yeager, you know, came into the studio after I'd done all the drawings. Yeager, Yeager came in and like sketched out a few things, and wow. that's what they ended up using. Uh, so, was there like a, some kind of a horror bent to the Superman project that uh, that you were working with uh, Tim Burton on? Because it just uh, seems like. Uh, you know, not necessarily transition. My guess is you've been you've been uh, interested or doing horror oh, yeah. your well, entire career. A, yeah, I've been a horror fan all my life. Yeah. I grew up watching every monster movie that I could find on TV and stuff. And so that's been my real passion. Has uh, been horror films. So uh, after I was kind of getting out of comics, uh, uh, I had several friends in the special effects business, and they let me know that that Steve Johnson was looking for somebody to be a concept artist so, uh, so I went out and did that for wow. a couple of years Okay. and uh, the guy that I sat next to for like a year and a half was the other artist there uh, named Joe Hahn he's now in Lincoln Park the rock group no oh, no way really oh, yeah. <laughs> and he wanted to be a comic book artist but uh, you know he was uh, you know really good and he directs all their videos and stuff now isn't that cool how uh it used to be that uh, uh, you know TV stars wanted to be uh, rock stars and rock stars wanted to be movie stars and nowadays it's uh, rock stars want to be comic book stars. Yeah. I mean you've got uh, what Gerard Way and My Chemical Romance and I'm sure the list goes on from there somewhere. Yeah. But he would at night he'd go out to clubs and do his DJ stuff. <laughs> and I lost touch with him for several years and somebody told me you heard about Joseph Hammett? Uh, He's in this big rock band now. So wow, it's pretty cool. But yeah, so I, I did that for a couple of years, and we were actually working on the Hulk and Superman at the same time, and then both of them got canceled. But then a couple yeah. of weeks, uh, the shop went from like a hundred people in there working down to like twenty. But uh, you know, Tim Burton was supposed to direct the Superman movie, and he would come in. Know, every uh, you know, couple of weeks and look at the designs and stuff. I don't, I don't know if he would have used any of those things or not. We were just cranking okay. out ideas. Oh wow! But he, uh, he did a few little drawings and they were real typical of his stuff. You know, everything looked like you know the, uh, the kind of stuff you see in Nightmare Before Christmas and thing. Everything yeah. very spindly and gnarly looking and, and kind of delicate but you know because I just I can't even conceive of what a Tim Burton Superman movie would look like yeah I mean, Nicholas Cage was supposed to be the star and yeah and he was going to be it uh, we had a body cast of him we were doing the resuscitation suits that he okay. was going to wear after he died and uh, he looking at his life cast you know, yes. they molded his body and his face and you're looking at him, you know, with no hair and eyebrows or anything. Just a odd-shaped <laughs> face. You know, uh, just, it does not look like Superman at all. You know, there, 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 is a brief, there is a small Dallas connection to that movie. Dallas was one of the cities that was going to be the, the sit-in for Metropolis. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I just, uh, was it, it wasn't going to be the uh, the molten Superman uh, they made you draw back, uh, back in the day, was it? No. I just always wondered, if, if I'd been a, a, an artist, I would have said, Man, I'll draw Superman all day long, but don't make me give him a curly mullet. Yeah. Well, you know, how is that even a 
where is that ever a good idea? Well, it was kind of funny because, you know, I grew up in the 60s when long hair, you know, first got popular. Okay. And, and so uh, it took years for, you know, comics and popular entertainment stuff to kind of catch up with the popular stuff with kids. Okay. As far as hair stuff. So I used to draw pictures of Superman with long hair. Oh, no kidding. Because back, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s, I thought anybody that wore that short hair like that, you know, it just, they seemed like yeah. from another planet, which I guess he was. But, uh, <laughs> that does make some sense, I guess. So I was into, you know, the long hair stuff in the, in the late 60s, so I used to picture him with long hair back then. Yeah. But, yeah, by the 80s, I thought it was just a little dumb. I, uh, I uh, uh, started getting to that age where uh, girls started appealing to me a little more, and I stopped buying so many comics. And uh, that was right about the time that uh, Superman uh, went mullet on us. And I never could figure out. I, I wasn't reading comics back then, and I never really understood exactly what you know exactly what the idea was. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess they're trying to make him younger and hipper, but uh, yeah. he also had a ponytail too. And he was a, <laughs> a uh, yeah. When he was Clark Kent, yeah. he wore the ponytail, didn't he? Yeah. And he was a novelist too. Aside, aside from being a reporter, oh my goodness. Just, uh, yeah. He was I a Renaissance man. <laughs> You know, the, the thing about Superman that you just have to sort of pretend is not there okay. is, is the Clark Kent Superman thing, that no one recognizes it. Right. <laughs> but I thought it was really pushing it that after all these years, Superman grows his hair long and Clark Kent grows his hair long at the wow. same time, and nobody still made the connection. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, uh, seven-year-old daughter last night turns to me. We're watching uh, PsyQ on uh, uh, the Smithsonian Channel, and she says, "If Superman really came from Krypton, would he have his? Would he really have those powers on Earth?" It's like, no, sweetheart, it doesn't work like that. You know, back in the old days, you know, lighter gravity. You know, he could leap tall buildings in a single bound, but no, he's not racing around the world in three seconds, or he's not. You know. He's not spinning the planet or anything yeah, like you that. You ruined it for me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I thought he could be real. <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> well, that's a perfect seven-year-old question, too. You know, I know. Well, she is, right? And uh, here's the, here's a big surprise, uh, uh, especially people that know me. Is it took me about twenty minutes to answer a question? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, first, let me tell you about uh, suns. You got blue suns, which are little puppies, and then yellow suns, and then red suns. They, they did some. It went uh, on from there. Uh, there was some show on the Discovery Channel or something like that of like the science of Superman or something. And, yeah. And tried to explain, you know, how much of that could be real, you know, if he came from another planet. Well, I kind of explained to her that uh, you know, if you're on the moon, you weigh, you know. A 100-pound girl weighs about 15, 16 pounds on the moon. So, yeah, you can jump. And so if, you know, there is, you know, uh, if you're on not necessarily a red sun, but if you're on a larger planet with more gravity and whatnot, you know, then, yeah, I could see some of that stuff coming true. But I said the the laser beam eyes and, yeah, the supersonic flying, probably not, huh? Yeah. I don't it's think, like, uh, don't tell my kids Sage is two years old. He, uh, <laughs> you can't get the Superman, uh, the 90 off. Yeah. He's got the little Velcro cape, and yeah, it's the top and the bottom. And he's got little Superman slippers. And, yeah. Yeah, he is one of those where we, uh, we have to peel the thing off and throw it in the wash and then put it right back on. That's him. the way I was as a kid, because I grew up uh, with the, the George Reeve TV show. Nice. was still on the air. Yeah. And, uh, and so before I ever opened the comic book, you know, I was a huge Superman fan, and I used to wear the costume and tell. Yeah. I've got some old, old <laughs> movies of me wearing the thing. I'm like five years old. It's one of those store-bought Superman costumes. But those were never perfect enough, you know, because the, yeah. the yeah. stuff that they make for kids, 
you know, it's just all loose and everything. So I, you know, had the pajamas, blue pajamas, took a pair of red underwear, or, you know, white underwear and with a crayon, oh, you know, oh nice. colored nice. red, my red socks and, you know, stuff. Yeah, when I was like four or five, uh, uh, had uh, another friend in the apartment complex. He swore that he had uh, he had like the Flash suit, Green Lantern, and stuff in his closet. Yeah. If he put it on, he'd have his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd go over there periodically. It's like, where are they? It's like, oh, they're at the cleaners. Yeah. It's like, and I, I always always thought something was up with that. Yeah. But uh, well, that's just me. Got the cleaners now knows the secret identity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually remember uh, going to church as a kid. You know, it's the only time we you know, wore a suit and tie and stuff. Yeah. I wore my Superman costume oh, under my clothes. Nice. Pretending I was Clark Kent. Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's the phone booth around here? Right. <laughs> oh, man. I was totally into it as a young kid. When I finally got to draw Superman comics, it was weird how all that came back. You know, uh, I've never been a big fan of the Superman comics, but that was so just enmeshed in that TV show. Okay. So to me, that was Superman. But, uh... But the first cover I did, I uh, did a cover for Action Comics before I started doing the other books. And uh, when I drew that S on his chest, it was like, wow, you know, I'm six years old again. Because I drew this a million times as a kid, and now Jeez. it's for real. Like, I'm really so, doing this. Yeah, it was, was kind of scary. <laughs> were there any parts of drawing Superman that were challenging, like his physique and stuff like that? Was there anything he struggled with? I always had trouble with that hair, you know, getting that <laughs> curl to hang just right, and, and the wavy hair is hard for me to do, so it was always a little bit of a challenge to get that hair just right. And, uh, and he's also, you know, he just got that kind of, you know, Greek god sort of look. You know, you got to yes. get that nose and everything just right. Christopher Reeve, I thought, you know, was incredible, you know, had that look of Superman. And so I always kind of used that because my stuff is a little more realistic than, like, the Kurt Swan kind of things and all. Yeah. But I kind of picked Christopher Reeve and put a little of that in there. Uh, mine was always an influence by Kurt Swan and Neil Adams and Christopher Reeve all kind of put together, Beautiful. at least in my mind. But I always picture George Reeves as far as his personality. Okay. Uh, you can't really draw him like Reeves and get away with it. You know, the old yeah. Reeves had the barrel the chest, and he, you know, he didn't have the... Well, he had padding on, you know, so he, yeah, he looked kind of like uh, the Wayne Boring stuff. Well, I mean, he looked a lot like the Kurt Swan. The Kurt yeah. Swan Superman. Yeah, he did. Just kind of kind of boxy and powerful and, yeah. you know, manly. Right. But it was that, that you know, conviction of his in yes. the acting, you know. And, uh, and I always liked his Clark Kent, too, because back then they didn't really try to do the wimpy Clark Kent. You yes. Know? He always would kind of seem to run away whenever there was something dangerous around, you know, because he had to go turn into Superman. Yeah. But he didn't, you know, slump over and yeah. push his glasses up with his finger and pretend, you know, to be yeah. some meek guy. You know? yeah, he wasn't faking a nosebleed or anything. Right, you know, <laughs> he was this kind of crusading reporter, you know, who yeah. was a, you know, kind Which of... back in the 50s, it's like, I'm going to step out for a smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, uh, oh, Lois, uh, ow, someone hit my nose. Yeah. I, I've got to go to the bathroom. I wouldn't do that if I were you, Lois. <laughs> <laughs>
So anyway, I just thought Reeves' personality, you know, was really great. And that's why I kind of picked her as Superman, you know, as an adult, you know, grown-up character. Now, when you were working for DC or Marvel, did you work at the offices, or did, did you work at home and then send it in? Uh, no, I always worked at home uh, or at an office, you know, locally. Uh, have a studio that I would go to and work, so I felt like I was actually going to a job. Uh, when my kids were little, you know, I had to get out of the house and go somewhere else and work. But, and you're a local. Aren't yeah, you? yeah. I mean, yeah. I've lived in Fort Worth all my life. Yeah. Except for a few years when I was out in California. Hey, so what do you think about the news that uh, you may run into Squeaky From at your local uh, supermarket? I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, they let Squeaky From go uh, yesterday. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> she served her time. She's out of uh, the Fort Worth uh, pen, so. Wow. Yeah. Like I said you may run into her at the local Kroger or yeah. something. <laughs> did not know that. I just, uh, I was sitting there looking at it, and I uh, it was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was hoping to talk to you. It's like, you live in Fort Worth. She's in Fort Worth. Yeah. Uh, maybe a uh, meeting in the mines or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I went to the elementary school where Lee Harvey Oswald, Oswald went. No way. Wow. Wow. Oh, assumed at different times. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. You weren't, you weren't taking uh, third grade, uh, you know, no, I was, physics. I was, I was in the fourth grade, I think, when he killed Kennedy. Okay. Wow. Or allegedly killed Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's still to be determined as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I've got an open mind about it. Yeah, I just, uh, Oliver Stone's movie is hard to, uh, hard to resist, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And I, I sit there and watch that thing, and it's like, well, it's clear. This is exactly what happened. Yeah, it's like, I keep you, you had an office across the street from the FBI, and yeah. yeah. It's like, it depends on what, what documentary I've seen last, yeah. what I think. They've got that one pretty convincing thing on the Frontline or whatever show on PBS where yeah. they redid the whole thing, you know, and computers and stuff. They you know, figured out that you know, it could have happened just the way they, they said it did. So, uh, so, yeah, I guess it just happened that way. Then you see something else, they give all the inconsistencies, and you go, wait a minute, something's wrong. Yeah, just goes we'll to never show, know, though. So. Just goes to show the statistics can, uh, can prove anything. Yeah. yeah. You, just, you don't need to have, a, uh, don't need to have a, a definite right or wrong when you've got statistics on your side, right. which is nice. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, Fort Worth has a lot of great people. Uh, <laughs> I know. My, my wife wishes we lived over there. So she just she loves the uh, the authenticity that you know compared to Dallas at least uh, yeah, we're we're up in Plano so uh, it's very very suburban up there it's nice but uh, it's not as lively as Fort Worth is yeah. well, I guess yeah before my time most people did have to be in New York uh, working in comics but uh, hey, Jack Kirby sort of loosened things up when he moved out to California okay and they started working with him just through the mail yeah and some people I, I talked to Joe Sennett one time. And, Jolton uh, Joe Sennett. Jolton Joe And he, uh, you know, had been working for Marvel for 20 years or whatever. Yeah. And he said he'd been in the office like four or five times. Jeez. And he lived right there, but he just did the work and put it in the mail. Yeah. So it's like just as easy to put it in the mail from a thousand miles away as yeah. it was to do it from Brooklyn or somewhere. Hey, yeah. If you're not going to drive it into the office, why, you know, why not just live in... Utah or something. Right. Yeah. But, the, but yeah, they, I'd never even been to New York before I started growing for Marvel. Oh, wow. I was doing, uh, it's when I started doing Marvel Team Up that uh, they actually flew me into the office. And, okay. You know, let me visit. Uh, now, I've just been looking at books and drawing all the stuff, you know, do they, pictures. Were, did you uh, stay on the island or did you have to commute in? 
Because I've always thought, I've been to Manhattan a few times, and what a great place that would be if you could live there. Yeah. But I can't imagine the poor sons of guns who have to drive in from Queens and New Jersey. The first time. I stayed with Tom DeFalco. Nice. And he lived in uh, Brooklyn or the Bronx or somewhere like oh, that. Oh, man. And so I was, you know, riding the subway for the first time, and, you know, I was going around, you know, getting sunburned tonsils looking yeah. at all the buildings and stuff. I remember saying, hey, wow, there's the Chrysler building. And Tom goes, oh, is that what that is? Okay. He's like, he's been there all the time. He didn't know what the Chrysler building was. He just saw it every day, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was it was cool. And every time I went there, I'd stay with somebody and, and just commute in with them, you know? Nice. I didn't dare try it on my own. But, uh, yeah, that would be kind of nice to be able to forego a car and just hop on the subway and, you know, all the... Because yeah, it's one thing I really like about New York is, you know, just the walking around. Yeah. And now, I've never had to live there through the winter. I've never been there on really nasty summer days. But, uh, you know, it seems like I've been there during the uh, spring and fall mostly. So, yeah, the, you know, baseball's getting ready to kick in and, you know, the weather's just perfect. And, and you know, so, you know, in those circumstances, you know, New York is just a pleasure to wander around. Yeah. You know? No, I love it. I've been there, you know, many times since then. My wife and I went there a few years ago and just vacation first time I ever really got to do oh, a lot wow. of sightseeing and stuff do all the touristy stuff but yeah I, I just think it's great did you go to the top of the Empire State Building I went one time I okay. was a bunch of it was some DC was a Superman conference thing and oh, so man. I, Roger Stern and Dan Jurgens and I went to the top of the Empire State Building nice we, uh, we went up there uh, uh, last time I was up there is uh, my wife and her or her parents um we were up there. She was doing a play, and uh, we got up to the top. You know, and of course, it takes you what forty-five minutes or, or more yeah. to get up there. You know, how many you ride like eight elevators, and you know, have to pass through eighteen security stands, and whatnot. And we get up there, and I'm up there for about five minutes, and I can just feel the building swaying back and forth. Now I'm standing in one spot, but I can tell I'm moving about fifteen feet at a time. And after about three or four minutes, it's like, okay, I'm good. Y'all ready to go? <laughs> It must have been calmer the day I was there. Oh, I, I would not have liked that either. Well, and uh, some uh, some smart aleck uh, swore that uh, the wind wasn't real strong that day. It's like, well, maybe I just don't like heights then. But yeah, yeah, it's, maybe it's you like, were just swaying back. Yeah, I'm, I'm not having as much fun as I could. <laughs> yeah, no, I love New York. Yeah. I thought about moving up there, but it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah I just need... If, if you don't have to live up there, I mean, you know, just save up and you know, go up there for a nice long weekend every now and again. Yeah, it's, it's probably a good way to do that. I mean, otherwise, just, yeah, my guess is it could turn into a horror show real fast. You know? uh, and people were surprised when they found out I'd never been there since, you know, I was growing uh, Powerman and Iron Fist and it's got all this kind of ghetto yes. and everything. But, you know. Frank loves Frank loves Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah, Luke Cage my man, so. Yeah, I love <laughs> going him. Him more than Iron Fist, he was, uh, you know, more just this direct, this big, mostly powerful guy, you know, and you got to do a lot of cool acting and stuff. The Kung Fu stuff, I never yeah. enjoyed much because you had to make it look authentic, and so, you know, I had to do a lot of, you know, research with, you know, all these martial arts magazines around. Oh, wow. The thing about it was you can, it kind of takes all the power out of it, you know, if you have to draw the actions, you know, kind of step by step, you know, you yeah. want these moves to look authentic, but if you do it really authentically in the, in the panels, 
it just kind of takes the speed and power out of it. But if you just you know, kind of have the big black, you know, thing <laughs> stuff happen, you know, you don't get any sense of the skill and you know discipline and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna need a lettered sound effect that's about uh, what about three inches by uh, two inches here, right there, yeah. right there over uh, Luke Cage's fist. <laughs> but I tried to you know work in both, but yeah, Luke Cage, you know, you could just have him punching through walls and stuff. Well, yeah, I wanted to, you know... And the chain belt. Don't forget the chain belt. The chain belt's awesome. It's got to be hard to, to draw the chain belt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah it's just, that's comfortable kind of, with that bit. <laughs> I mean, it's just like when uh, Todd McFarlane uh, uh, started drawing uh, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and he had to put the little spinners around his, his individual webs. It's yeah. like, why are you doing that? <laughs> I mean, you got to be adding, like, you know, an hour and a half per panel, you know, just to do that. But he went down a comic book history. And yeah, I guess. That's the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man web. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's paying $3 million for baseball, so yeah. good for him. Right. Good for him. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's right. good that was for that all of us. period where, you know, the more lines on a picture, the better the fans seem to like it. So yeah. people would noodle stuff to death. Well, that's a place you can really, you can get as detailed as you want. I mean, you know, it just seems that, you know, with all the lines in his costume and the webbing and, you know, the, the noirish settings and stuff, you know, you can probably, you can probably get about as, as, as as pencil thin as you uh, as you want to on that. Well, what, what's what's the other extreme? Like, so Spider Man has all of these lines and stuff. What was a hero that you liked to draw when you were in a hurry? Like, uh, <laughs> who has the simplest costume that you love yeah, to draw? Let's see. Thinking of the people that I drew. I don't know. There was uh, some were definitely more complicated than others, but I don't remember any being just all that easy. <laughs> well, I drew a, a story of cloak and dagger. And I thought, you know, cloak is pretty simple. Yeah. You don't see nice. his face. You know, he's just kind of in the shadows. He's got this big cloak that's just got a bunch of stripes. On it. And, uh, and the rest of it's just black. That's cool. Or a sunspot in the fallen angels. You know, when he turns, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, he was just solid black with these little black dots around him. So it's like, that's no, nice. No costume yeah. or anything. That's cool. That's a break. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, we. Uh, 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 Ethan uh, Van Skyver said that uh, he thought one of the hardest things for him to draw was uh, uh, like capes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the the folds, uh, the folds and fabric and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. So uh, it's just interesting how different artists uh, run into different things that uh, you know give them challenges or, or, or they can breeze through. You know, yeah, this, you can kind of spoil drawing those skin tight costumes, and then once in a while you have to draw people wearing real clothes and do real drapery and yeah. folds and stuff. Hey, this takes some thought, you know. And it's, it's a lot harder than just drawing someone with no wrinkles on him at all. Wow. Well, and, and nowadays uh, you're getting into people with lots of wrinkles and lots of cloaks and stuff. Uh, um, getting back to uh, Dracula, huh? Yeah, we're uh, doing a, a book called Bela Lugosi's Tales from the Grave. Wow. And, uh, it has the classic horror star Bela Lugosi as the host of a uh, bunch of horror stories every issue. And I'm going to be drawing some of it, writing some of the stories, because I always love monster films, horror films. How cool. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Lugosi and all his movies, Dracula and everything else. Now, is this going to be a monthly floppy, or are we talking a collected uh, trade of some sort? It will not be monthly, but it'll probably be uh, quarterly, 48 page How cool. format. Okay. And then we'll collect some of them later into trade paperback. Who's, who's it coming through? We're starting a new company called Monsterverse. Okay. Monsterverse wow. Comics. And Keith Wilson and I are okay. creators of it. <laughs> and uh, we've got several other books that we'll hopefully be doing after this. 
Oh, how cool. So is this, uh, is, uh, is this a proof of concept then, hopefully to spawn a, a, a line then? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully so. We can, uh... Are there any plans or characters that wouldn't be a secret that um, uh, might tease us? Well, with? our second book will be called Giant Monsters vs. Giant Robots. Oh, nice. nice! Nice! I will be uh, there. That's kind of Keith's brainchild. Well, Keith, that's good. I love Giant Robots. Thank I really you, do. Keith. Seriously. That's awesome. Maybe the Godzilla movie they never made. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so it'll be all original characters, but, you know, inspired by the old classic giant monster movies. Genius. And, uh, hopefully we'll find enough people that, you know, want to have fun with that and do it. Uh, we're depending on people. You're trying to get stuff that people enjoy doing. And we've got, yeah, some people that are going to be involved in the ghosty thing. We've got uh, John Cass today is drawing some stuff for us. Oh, wow. Steve Niles is going to write some more stories. And Steve's here today. Yeah. You guys can go have dinner later. Uh, <laughs> uh, John Landis, the movie director. Oh, wow. Cool. He's going to write a story for us. Styles White, who wrote the movie Knowing. He wrote the story. Mick Garris, who directed several Stephen King miniseries. Oh, wow. Uh, Bruce Tim is going to do some art for us. Really? What uh, What's he slated to do? Uh, it'd probably be a back cover. Okay. Or something. Like he said maybe he have time to do a short story, but he said at least we could count him to do like a pinup drawing. Wow. Uh, Brian Denham. Uh, Carrie Gamble. Who's that? Oh, yeah. Huh. Uh, John Lucas is going to do some work for us. He's going to be adapting a story uh, by Joe Lansdale. Rick Claw is going to do the adaptation, and, and uh, John's going to draw. So, are we talking uh, anthology or continuing yeah, arcs? Yeah, it'll be anthology. It's like House of Mystery, right? It's a you know inspired by the old creepy magazine or Tales from the Crypt comic. Absolutely. And so, Bela will be like the Crypt Keeper. He will host the book. You know, introduce you to the stories. Wow. And uh, yeah, did did you have to go through Bella's uh, estate? Going to yeah. ask if he was a uh, public domain by now, or no, his son controls all his his image and any product that comes out. So we're licensed for uh, cool to use Bela Lugosi in the comic. So whose uh, who's, uh, inspiration or determination was it to use Bela Lugosi? Is it uh... Uh, mine mostly? Okay, I've, I've known Bela Jr. for a long time. I've worked with him on some DVD projects. Oh, cool! And. Uh, so he's one of the things that we're going to do. This was sort of his idea, and we're going to work it into the book. Uh, he's always wanted to do a graphic novel of the Bram Stoker version of Dracula, Excellent. but with his father as the, the, the character, uh, because Universal owns the yeah. Dracula movie, but they don't own the image of Dracula, Lugosi as Dracula. He actually played it on Broadway before he did the movie. No way. Wearing okay. the cape and everything. <laughs> And so uh, we won't be basing it on the Universal movie. It'll be based directly on the Stoker novel, but with Bela Lugosi playing Bram Stoker's character. Oh, how cool. So we're going to do it in chapters. Okay. So it'll be a continuing feature in the Tales from the Grave comic, and then we'll collect that into a complete book. Nice. Reprint it there. Uh, you guys got a uh, pretty decent distribution so far? I mean, should I expect that to see it at a local LCS uh, soon, hopefully? Well, hopefully. We, you know, we're still pretty early on in the process. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, we'll be going through Diamond unless, you know, we don't get enough orders to meet their minimum, that kind of thing. But I don't think we're going to have any problem with the kind of people we've got. Good deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, just that list of John Landis, John Cassidy. Yeah, it it all kind of fell into place, you know, once we started talking to all these people that that we knew from, you know, different things. And, you know, everybody said, yeah, I'll do something for that. You know, it sounds fun. That's uh, awesome. It's all just kind of working itself out. That's cool. When when might we uh, look for this? We are hoping for uh, early part of 2010. Okay. So either, you know, winter or spring, maybe. Excellent. That is is fantastic. That's cool. I've always... I've always been a big fan. Of, I'm like you. you know, I grew up, uh, grew up on the classics. You know. Yeah, I, I you know, grew up all the superhero stuff all those years. The, I never got to do any horror stories. Okay. Which, uh, well, I did one like three-page story that was in Elvira's House of Mystery. <laughs> okay. And, did you get uh, to draw Elvira? Yeah, I did. Oh, all right. Yeah, very uh, good. <laughs> I may have taken a little extra work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but Oddly enough, I, I spent a lot more time, of time on these pages than the other pages. <laughs> I need a model. <laughs> but I got to do that one story, you know, I inked it and, and wrote it and everything, so uh, I've always thought, yeah, I wish I could do more of that, so. Wow. Took the, uh, gonna bring it back. took the story cradle to grave, huh? Yeah. Conceived it, wrote it, penciled it, inked it, turned well, it in. It was, it was actually somebody's idea, and okay. they told me about it, so I, I wrote it, you know, out to the script, but, I just figured I'd throw the phrase cradle to grave in. It seemed, yeah. it seemed appropriate. Yeah. Right. Anytime you can say grave when you're talking about a horror comic. Yes. Uh, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into the comics. See if I can still do it. So cool. I'm sure you can. You're so cool. going to be awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so do you have any, any superhero uh, gigs coming up anytime no. soon? Or just you're, gonna, you're getting hip deep into this I'm and getting gonna, into gonna the, ride it? Yeah. Into the horror stuff, tremendous. Maybe some sci-fi thing. Some stuff uh, that you know. I'm hoping to maybe pitch as movie projects. So there's one idea that's sort of a superhero adventure thing that's probably going to introduce in one of the comics, and okay. then try to get some interested uh, producer, you know, interested in doing it. Nice. Um, so, uh, so I'll assume that you guys will have a release date nailed down for it. It actually comes out. Uh, do I go to uh, monsterverse.com? Is it that simple? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. And we'll, we'll be updating that, you know, when we have more solid stuff to report. Has your website launched yet? We have just uh, one image up there. Okay. And you actually have a, we have a sound when you go to the page. It's got Legosi going, a story must be told. Nice. <laughs> it, it got that out of uh, Glenn or Glenda and put the stuff. Too cool. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I just I wish you all the success in the world, and, and I can't wait to uh, dive into that when it comes Great. out. Yeah, I'll be looking uh, be looking for fine MonsterVerse products uh, in LCS right. near me. Yeah. I'm one of the few holdouts. Uh, one of the few holdouts that still goes to LCSs. Most of my friends uh, do DCBS, but uh, I still enjoy wandering around the store. So yeah, yes. you can't really replace that feeling of holding it in your hand and so the, looking oh, at it. Oh, absolutely. So the, the three or four uh, LCSs that I flit around to, depending on my mood and how close I am to which one, mm-hmm. I'll go in and I will demand. <laughs> I will demand MonsterVerse products. All right. So uh, yes. we'll see Everybody if we can Everybody else that do happen. that, too. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Write your congressman. Demand MonsterVerse <laughs> products yeah. in your LCS. Pick at the stores if they no don't doubt. have it. 
Tell DCBS to uh, to line up uh, MonsterVerse and get a hold of Mr. Kerry Gamble. All right, so, thank you. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, man. I sure appreciate thank you. it. Well, before we go, before you sign this, does this page bring back memories? Do you oh, remember yeah. working on this? Yeah, I do. I was uh, telling Bill, I, I remember this image because that chair is so plain looking, uh-huh. but I just uh, could not quite summon the creativity to do a really cool ornate chair. <laughs> it just did these little flat surfaces and everything. And, but uh, I was really so nervous just doing these first few jobs for Marvel that, uh, you know, it's some of my... <laughs> My later amateur work was better than my early pro work, okay. I think, just because I was so tense and, you know, it was... It was uh, I mean, I'm just fascinated just to look at this and you can see where the ink is heavy and, you know, where the ink is, you know, um, you know just, the, just the variations and how heavy, you know, your hand was, you know, at any one time. Yeah, well, it's uh, it was a real education, you know, to get the pages back and see what a professional inker had you know done to it and how yeah. they handled things and all of, uh, and it's cool too to, to pull out this issue and actually you know so I'll pull out this issue sometimes just look at the color version of it you know which is a lot smaller yeah and um, it's just really interesting how uh, how the, the, the colors complements you guys yeah there was another thing that I could never really work for reduction you know some people okay. they had that knack to be able to do the, yeah. the originals in a kind of a real broad way so that when they shrunk them down into the printed version, the lines were all, you know, nice line weight and stuff. I tended to work, you know, like like this was what you were going to see. And then when they reduced it down to print it, you know, a lot of these little bitty lines kind of were hard to make out. Well, darn the price of paper. Could you imagine how cool it would be if comics were printed in this size <laughs> yeah. format? That would be cool. I mean, back in the 70s, you'd get those, those large-scale ones. But uh, One of the things I want to do with the giant robots and the giant monsters is yeah. to put out Yay! a big, giant <laughs> version of Really? It. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Will be giant robots. <laughs> treasury, treasury edition. Treasury edition. Fantastic. You know, I, I do need to. I, I find it fascinating the fact that, that how old is this? It's 1981. So we're talking. Uh, 30 it's years almost 30 years old. 30 years ago, this was in your house. You were over yeah. working on it. Yeah. You would got shipped to Marvel. Marvel did their magic. Sat in a warehouse. Got traded to someone. Someone. He's father into it. He yeah. ends up in a house. And here we are today, 30 yeah. years later. Well, yeah. And it, Isn't that crazy? It's come home. Yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't sit for long, too, because I've had that sucker since probably 82. Yeah. Okay. Um, at least that, uh, the, the mists of time get uh, get thick back yeah. then. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. did, you, did you get the silver? Did you get the artwork back? Or? Yeah, my signature is here at the bottom, which means, you know, it was mine at one point. So... Uh, Back then, they, I guess they still do, they divide the art between the penciler and the inker. Okay. Yeah, they still do that today. And I think the writers back then used to get one or two pages, too. Oh, how cool. So, uh... So I'm, I'm Kerry Gamble, and I approve this page. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I must have sold it, you know, at a convention or, you know, to some friend or something who nice. might have sold it, you know, to build that or something. Wow. That but, is so uh, cool. Yes, it's always... Brings back these memories to see these things after all these years. All right. So where do you want this song? You know what? Yeah, I may uh, see if I can have you do it. Um, this is, it's gonna it's gonna live kind of like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe just on the mat somewhere. Okay. 
Okay. Now I gotta. Thank you so much for your time. No doubt, man. I, I really. Uh... All right. End of the con day one. Long day. Back hurts. Getting ready. Or not getting. We're driving to a place where we're gonna meet up with listeners and Frankenville have some dinner, possibly some karaoke if we stick around long enough. Uh, by now you, you guys know, the listeners know about, uh, the fact that I wanted to keep Ashley's, uh, trip, not uh, my intention to raise money for Ashley's trip was secret, but it was spoiled today at the con. Well, nobody's, nobody, you know, well, it was one person in particular, but, uh, I'm not, it's not his fault at all because he was assuming that Ashley listened to the, the show and. I do listen, I just haven't heard those episodes yet. I've given her every episode to listen up to the one with the book sale in it. And But this guy, God bless him, he uh, he gave me some money uh, in front of Ashley and said, this is for the trip. And Ashley's like, what trip, huh? Anyway, I probably could have covered it up but um, you know, by switching the subject, but uh, I didn't. So uh, the cover's blown. Ashley's very grateful. Extremely. Don't you want to say something to the listeners? I don't know what else to say besides thank you. I don't have enough words to thank y'all for helping me go to New York City. I'm extremely happy. Um, so, uh, today June Bob gives me some things and he says, I want, I want you to uh, auction these off to help Ashley uh, get to New York. So what he did was he gave me four pieces of original art two 8x10s and two uh, 11x17s. Um, anyway, the 8x10s um, are uh, inked pieces of uh, one's a poison ivy. It's gorgeous. It's very nice. Lots of detail. And then the other one is a Thor, a Thor in the new uh, JMS uh, getup, and he's twirling his hammer and there's lightning behind him. It's very nice. And uh, I'd like to keep them for myself, but uh, I'm going to put them up t- for you guys to, to uh, bid on or whatever. And uh, the other two pieces are also inked. The first one is a what has turned out to be the cover of CGS Anthology Volume 3. That's a robot guy. He looks very cool. I'm very impressed with all the detail he's Absolutely. put in here. And then the other one you've seen on the front page of the CGS forum, you know, the random uh, art that pops up. There's a June Bob piece with the uh, CGS guy being held at bay by the character known as Second Chance uh, that the CGS guys created um, during a few episodes of their show. It's a very nice piece. Um, uh, that's it's pretty awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna scan all four of these pieces and put them up on a thread on the board. Um, I guess if you're interested in acquiring one of these pieces. Uh, send me uh, an email or a PM on the board. Uh, I'm just going to go right now. I'll just go with like best offers because I don't even know what to, to price these at. Gene Bob's probably screaming right now when he hears this. But they're priceless, literally. I know. They're nice. Um, send me an email at brad at halfhourwasted.com or you can PM me on the board, edit this, and uh, let me know if you're interested in one of these. Again, I'll post these, I'll scan these, post them in. Uh, post them up on the board 
and uh, thank you, June Bob, very much. Very generous. Absolutely. And uh, I'll do my best not to accidentally lose one into my private collection. So, uh, anyway, so we're almost to the restaurant, and I'm hungry. Ashley's uh, very sleepy. Three and a half hours of sleep. You wanted to come be a big girl. I am a big girl. All right. Um, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. That was a good dinner. Go. It was, but, you know. They wouldn't start karaoke early for us. Yeah, we just had. Yeah. We we just finished. Time. They wouldn't start it early for us. Yes. Which is the same thing as. I mean, what was it? Was it eight o'clock Mountain Time? It was supposed to start I or guess. something. <laughs> so we we just had dinner with a whole bunch of listeners, guys. Thank you so Yay! much for being here. We had a great time. Now tomorrow is day two of the con. A lot of people are going to be there. A lot of us aren't. But uh, but we just wanted to say thank you so much today. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having lunch with us. Thank you for listening. And uh, where's the boilerplate? And, yeah. and thanks for dinner with us, too. And thanks for having dinner with us, too, guys. In fact, who do it? Let's do a shout out about who we got here. Say your names Jim Bob, Dan from San Antonio, Max, James, Ashley, <laughs> the professor, Wonder Woman, Batgirl, Frank. Who are you? I are you. You're not Oreo. Say, <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. There you go. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, with that, we're out of here, huh, Brad? Yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Until next week, we'll see you on a half hour wasted. Thank you, Luke Biscuit.